This week on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. Just kick back and relax because we are in Greentown, baby. A 3-0 and weekend. Guess what? That means we are now profitable for the season. If you're making our best bets with your own money, you are, you're in the money. Congratulations. Your faith has paid off. You're welcome, people. You're welcome, world. I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this money. Okay, let's get to the show. A couple things about that opening. Yeah. Number one, I want to make it very clear that we are not offering advice for <laughs> sports betting. <laughs> We're just talking about sports yeah. betting and saying what we are going to do. Right. I was just saying if someone had decided to listen to our what we heard, what we We're call not, our best. We're bets. not claiming to be great sports bettors who, whose no. advice you need to follow. That's true. But if you had up till now, you'd be loving life. Number two. Yeah. We didn't actually <laughs> make all three bets that we said we were going to make on the last podcast. There was an accidental bet. Uh, Jonathan yeah. accidentally bet Jacksonville plus three instead of Buffalo plus three. It was a huge mistake. <laughs> so we actually went two and one instead of three and out. In terms of our actual financials, we went two and one. We're actually still down a unit. But uh, if we had bet the way we said we were going to bet and the way we meant to bet, boy, did I screw that up. Uh, we'd be up a unit right now. We're up a half a unit or something yeah. like that. So sorry, Grant. Screw that up. It still was a pretty good bet, but it did not work out at all. Um, but yeah, but for the podcast, we're killing it, baby. Profitville. I love that fake money. <laughs> Pour it on me. Yeah. Anyway, we made some money again this weekend, so that's good at least. Yeah. That's nice. Um, so yeah, so what we're going to do is let's, why don't we start by reviewing our bets from last week as we always do, our, our best bets, and, uh, and maybe the bet we made that wasn't as good by accident. And, uh, and then we'll get into everything else, which includes this week us doing our fantasy check-in, checking in on Alvin Kamara and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to finish our NBA over-unders. We've got two more divisions left, but the season starts in a week, so we're going to get it all through it. we got something for you to fix. Of course, you don't know what that is. And then we're going to get to our best bets of this week and our survivor pool check-in as well. I'm not going to call it that, though. Our survivor pool yeah. uh, preview. I guess. I don't and know. To be clear, when Jonathan said you, he wasn't giving you the audience an assignment. He was pointing at me physically yes. when he said that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about fixing something later unless you want to. You can fix along with Grant, but you're not going to do as good of a job as me. Wow. Obviously. I mean, find, the, find a better fixer. The gauntlet has been thrown, I believe. Yeah. Congratulations, people. You've now been invited to fix along with Grant. We used to have drink along with Grant. Now it's fix along with Grant. Yeah. All right. You know what? Great. Loyal listeners. We're gonna, when we do our fix, send in your fixes after Grant does his. We'll see who's is better. I mean, that's kind of bullshit, right? Yep. Because they get a lot of time to think about it and compose <laughs> it, whereas I have no idea what's going on. You just throw it at me and I go. I'm sorry. You're claiming to be the black belt. If they're the brown belts, they get a little more, you know. They oh, is that how it works when you fight? You let the brown belt kick the black belt in the face a couple <laughs> times and then you start fighting? If you want to have a good fight, it is. <laughs> Otherwise, okay. it's the black belt just kills him. How else do you want to do it? <laughs> what else are they supposed to do? Okay, fine. Don't think about it. Just whatever you come up with in the moment when Grant comes up with his, you got to write that one down and send that to us, okay? Tweet that at us. By the way, we are, of course, at Fire Money Pod. Of course. Fire Money Pod. <laughs> Is that right? It's, I think it's... Isn't it Money Fire Pod? Uh, no, it's Money Fire Pod. Damn it. Just type Lighting Money on Fire yeah. to Twitter. That We're the only one called Lighting Money on Fire. Somehow. Yeah. That's pretty lucky, I guess. I mean, it's a sweet name. How does not everybody name everything that? I don't know. Oh, Jonathan's East. All right, there it goes. Woo. All right, um, it's over now. I don't know how people weren't already called the poker guys before we were called the poker guys, honestly, but that's a tale for another day. There's not really much to say. No, that was the whole story. All right, let's review the bets. So the okay. one we didn't actually make but said we were going to make 
was Buffalo to lose by three or less. They would have been a push. And they ended up winning. They won with a field goal at the end, but they were going to cover even if they missed the field goal. Winning for the second time this year, the Buffalo Bills, the team that I was I was certain was the worst team in the NFL after week one or week two, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem that way. Who is the worst team in the NFL That's now? What I, that was going to be my next question because the Cardinals just won. I was just going to say, it seemed like Arizona was the obvious answer, but the, the Browns are clearly not the worst team oh, in no, the, the NFL. Oh, no, the Browns are like middle of the pack. The Browns are actually reasonable somehow, some way. Congratulations. The Colts? But no, they've, they, they have the Colts, like promise. They have some promise. All right. Who's got the worst records in the NFL? There's a bunch of one and four teams. The Texans? The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals. The Atlanta Falcons, who are definitely not the worst team in the NFL. The Giants. The Raiders. Oh, there's a pretty good candidate. The Colts are one and four, and that's those are your one and four teams. Maybe the Niners. But Beathard looks better than expected. Yeah, but still maybe the Niners, right? Yeah. I don't know, but I think Arizona is probably worse than the Niners, though. Honestly, the Niners were built to win this year. It just they just lost their quarterback. They should still be at least they pretty just lost good. to Arizona. Yeah, I know that's true. I know Atlanta is definitely not the worst. Right? No, Atlanta is actually pretty good. I feel like Atlanta is a pretty unlucky one and four. The Giants, you know, if they didn't have a sixty-three yard field goal kicked at the, you know, with one second left in the game, they would be two and three right now and have beaten a good team in the Panthers. Yeah, so like they don't feel like they're the worst team. Oakland is terrible. Oakland is really bad. They they mortgaged away their defense for the future. Yeah. And uh, they Derek Carr is not performing so well. He had an, a horrible interception. He It seems like he has horrible interceptions Did on you, the regular. Do you know which one I'm talking no. about, though? They were, it was like third and one on the one. It was a play with Marshawn Lynch in the game, you know. Oh, the, that yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, where it was like reminiscent of the Seahawks Super Bowl loss to the yeah. Patriots where they did not hand it to Marshawn Lynch, but Carr threw a way worse interception than Russell Wilson threw, where it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, Derek I think, Carr? I think it was actually first and goal at the one. Too. It was first and goal? I'm pretty sure it oh was. Oh, my goodness. Sure it was, because I remember thinking, oh, wow, Marshawn Lynch, again, does not get the ball at first and goal on the one, and he was and he was very upset about it and talked about it to the press afterward. Completely. Yeah, it might be the Raiders, and part of that might be coaching. I think John Gruden has the same coaching style he had you know, 15 years ago, and the NFL has changed. They're just tanking, man. Trade Khalil Mack to tank. You know, they're trying to get that number one overall pick. Maybe, but NFL teams don't typically tank. They do not. Or if they do, they do it in a stealthy way that we can't see and, and don't think is obvious. Gruden is, is not good. the type that seems like he would want to tank. And yet he traded away the best defensive player in the league or one of the best defensive players in the league. So True. that would seem to point to tank. He does have a 10-year contract. He's the most incentivized coach to tank. Right. I mean, and also if you're Gruden, you sit down and you look at your team and you say, I'm not saying this is what happened, but you say, all right, Khalil Mack wants all the money in the world. And we're not good enough to compete even with Khalil Mack to compete for a title for the next few years anyway. So rather than pay him some outrageous amount of money for the next two years and be terrible and or not be very good anyway, maybe not terrible, but be pretty bad, win seven games or something like that. Let's try and do a bigger rebuild where we can you know, do more things and try and compete in three or four years because he does have time to do that, which most coaches don't have. Like yeah. you want you want your coaches to be thinking about the future and not the short term. So the, do they have they need to draft a quarterback? I guess like is Derek Carr just not the answer? Uh, it doesn't seem like he's the answer, but he's still pretty young too. Yeah. It's like year four or year five of the Derek Carr, yeah. and he's like good enough, but he's sort of like Andy Dalton level good enough, right? Yeah, you might be like Andy Dalton or Matt Stafford, where you kind of get locked right. in with him, but he's never going to win you a title. Yeah, exactly, and that's. I mean, that's okay. And maybe one of the, but once in a while, a guy like that does win a title, but they need to have an incredible team around them, as opposed to the way most teams win titles these days, which is you have an amazing quarterback, which you, 
you work off of. And that's that was the Eagles last year, even though it was Foles still. He was amazing in Foles the playoffs. played quite well. And Wentz carried them to a great regular season record. Brady, of course, has been doing this for year after year. The year before that, Matt Ryan Russell was Wilson. awesome. Russell Wilson was great. Like, most of the time, the best quarterbacks make it to the, uh, you know, have are the guys who are fighting for and make it to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So... I just don't know that the Staffords of the world are enough to compete, even though guys like that get unbelievable amounts of money. I mean, Matt Ryan had one really great year, and it worked that time. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl. Of course, they had the most humiliating loss of all time in the Super Bowl, but hey. Yeah. Well, nobody's pants fell off, at least. There was no pantsing. Um, that you know of. There could have been pantsing, but it wasn't well publicized. That's true. That's true. That powerful Atlanta media covered it up, perhaps. Yeah. So let's get back to our uh, games. All right. So we did not actually bet Buffalo plus three, which was that what that conversation pivoted. In my from. head, I just thought we had said Jacksonville, but I didn't. I didn't look closely at it. It's my fault. Okay. You were just so going with the uh, plus three teams that are historically terrible, but are that like Jacksonville and Buffalo. They were both in my bad belly, you know, yeah. games of the week group, and so I picked the wrong one and I screwed it up, and it's my fault. So Jacksonville plus three did not come through. Correct. Which did we not. did bet on. Correct. Seahawks. Plus seven at home against the Rams. That was all you, Grant. That was me, and they ended up losing by two, so we covered by five. Yep, that, that was felt sweet, pretty good, and felt like they and they were in good shape the whole way. They, they were, almost won the game. Yeah, they were up by a touchdown most of the way. It felt like we were going to cover that game most of the most of the way through. Anyway, obviously there were points of jeopardy, but still it felt pretty good. And then the other game was the uh, Detroit, Detroit plus, oh, one. plus one, which was like a cakewalk. It felt gross making that bet, but. That's the bad belly bet, I guess. Exactly. You know? That's the bad belly bet right there. Like, you're sp- it's supposed to feel completely wrong, and there's a reason why it feels completely wrong, because you're supposed to bet the other side. Yeah, I mean, That's my belief. it just felt like against the Packers? I know. How are, you, how are they going to do that? How could they ever do that? They won comfortably. Yeah. That was great. Galladay looks really good. Yeah, he really does. It's weird, right? They keep having, like, Golden Tate, I thought, was going to be clearly the best receiver in Detroit this year. And Seems like it's Galladay. It does. It does. Although, I mean, Tate didn't have a great game yesterday or two days ago, but he's been, he's having a pretty good season too, as he always seems to. Yeah. But Galladay is also, as, as they say, passing the eye test. Yeah. Is like a, a big threat, he's tall long, receiver. You know, you like those long guys. He's quite reminiscent of like Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Sim- huh. Similar type of receiver. Not, not elite speed, but tall and catches everything. I don't think of Thomas as being that tall. He's like 6'3". Yeah. It's tiny. It's tiny. Shorty. In the NBA, he'd be a point guard. Yeah, you're you're what five ten? Yeah. In the okay. NBA, I'd be a point guard too. What's your point? In the NBA, you'd Me be and- you'd be handing Gatorade to the players. <laughs> but in the NFL, in the NFL, you're a slot receiver. Yeah. So we did. So we did well. Actually, we did great with our picks, and we still made money, even though I actually bet the wrong team. User like a moron. User <laughs> error. Yeah. That these kinds of things happen, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe pay more attention. Okay, so. That was, that was our review. Let's move on to our fantasy check-in segment, shall we? Okay. Because I want to talk about shit. Like, First and like foremost. literal poop? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, this has got to be the fantasy news of the week, right? Alvin Kamara was the number one fantasy running back through the first four weeks, not just of this season, but any season ever. Yeah. And then Monday Night Football happened. Yeah. Mark Ingram came back. And yep. there, was, there was certainly a question about, like, how is this going to go? You know, and I think we all thought it was going to be more of a split. It certainly was more of a split, but not, I mean, okay, so this, these are the actual numbers. 
Kamara touched the ball a total of nine times. Nine times. That's right. Six rushes for 24 yards, three receptions for 15 yards. Ingram touched the ball a total of 18 times, 16 rushes for 53 yards, by the way, and two touchdowns. And Ingram also had two receptions for 20 yards. So he doubled them up on touches. Now, that cannot be the way we'd expect to continue. I, don't, I would bet strongly against that. But what would you bet on? Right? So we don't think it's going to be two to one in favor of Ingram. But what is it going to be? Because clearly Sean Payton is not thinking of, well, Kamara is clearly my guy and Ingram's a backup. He's clearly not thinking that. Well, I think I, I still believe the remainder of the season is going to be kind of 60-40 in favor of Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a couple factors as to why this might have happened. Okay. They want to get Ingram back up to speed. So that's they, they wanted to give him a bunch of touches in his first game back. He's fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's their guy to run out the clock when they're way up, and they were way up for most of this game. They were. They were blowing him out. The game script did not favor Kamara at all. As I was talking about last week, um, why I felt like Kamara was going to have more value than he had last year when they were both playing was that they're in shootouts so often because their defense is so bad. Yeah. But this time they, they blew him out. They blew out Washington, so they didn't need to have the shootout mentality. They could run the ball a lot with Ingram. And they like him between the tackles better than they like Kamara between the tackles. But, I mean, Kamara is also an effective, just normal running back who you could run out the clock with, right? Like, they didn't have to give Ingram 16 to 6 more carries, even though they were up by a lot. They're both valuable running backs, you know, Kamara. I still thought that was strange. Like, I would, I would expect it to be, like, 50-50 if, even if they were going to be sort of featuring and giving Ingram, like, more of a shot. Yeah. I mean, Kamara also did show up on the injury report this week hmm. as having, like, a quad issue or something like that. Yeah. And they have a bye next week, so maybe they were just thinking, we're way up. Ingram's right. good. We, he, we can do two things at once. We can get Ingram back up to game speed and have him feel mentally ready for the next game and kind of give Kamara a little bit of extra rest. Yeah. Um, I'm not I, that I'm not that concerned about Kamara. I will. So they started Ingram, and he basically touched the ball at all, like the entire first possession. I think it was basically only him touching the ball, and he he had one huge play and scored a touchdown like four or five plays, and it was just very impressive start for him. So where does Kamara rank rest of the season for you in fantasy running backs? Let's assume like a half PPR kind of a thing. All right, I I think a lot of people are going to overreact to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gurley is clearly ahead of him. Yeah. After that, he's still in the mix for number two, in my I mean, opinion. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is clearly ahead of him, personally. Zeke, yeah, Zeke is a reasonable thing, because he has no competition at all. Right. He gets all the carries, and he's, st- no matter what, he's really effective. I still put him ahead of David Johnson. Sure. Um, who else is in the mix? Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I guess Saquon is in the mix. That's not bad. Uh, I feel like there's a few other guys, too. Am I crazy? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, there you go. I think Melvin Gordon's out of him. I still take Kamara over Gordon. I don't know if I can do it anymore, man. Overreaction. I mean, you're thinking Kamara's basically going to get 60% of the carries he got through the first four weeks. I mean, I'm not putting him in the top four. I mean, how is that? Is that, is that such an... I'm still saying he's like the fifth best running he's back. He's so good. He is. He's really I, good. I could see a reasonable argument for, for uh, Melvin Gordon over Kamara, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Kamara. Okay. I would take Elliott and Gordon over Kamara right now, um, for sure. And I think Barkley's at least an interesting question. I'd probably stick with Kamara because I don't trust the offense of the Giants as much as I trust the... Yeah, uh, their offense kind of sucks. Barkley's yeah. pretty much the only good thing about it, although Odell had I a mean, good game. Odell's a good thing. Yeah, but he's, he's more reliant on Eli actually throwing the ball down the field, which he is not doing. Well, not if you're throwing the passes yourself, like right. Odell just, did. Odell's going to average about half a touchdown passing a game for the rest <laughs> of the year, probably. I mean, that would be pretty good. You'd, you'd have to take that, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So, we still think uh, Kamara is a top 
five option, even like in my more pessimistic and your more optimistic yeah. views, right? Yeah, and, and there's there's no way he's not an RB one until proven otherwise. Maybe in another week we'll be revi- or they have a buy, but you know the next time they play, maybe we'll have another conversation. Yeah, and be like oh wow, he's still not getting that many. Carries. If this happens for two or three more weeks, yeah, definitely start panicking. And where do you think? Where do you have Ingram now? Rest of season, I don't want to overreact the other way either. Yeah. So where do you put him at? Probably the same as where I, we put him last week, somewhere around the RB one, RB two turn mix. Oh yeah, I would think just like mid tier RB two right now. Personally, yeah. like I'm not like they. It's so hard for them both to be RB ones. I know they were last year. It's just so hard. Yeah, it's like you need so many things to work out. You both have to score a lot of touchdowns, and just getting that balance is that team scores a lot of touchdowns. I know they really do. Man, Drew Brees, that guy, still good. All time passing leader. Yep. He didn't really play his first few years. No, no it's gonna be leader. it's gonna be hard to catch him. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. Watch out, Brady. Brady's coming for you. Brady's been playing for longer than Breeze. <laughs> but he's coming for you. And, okay. If Breeze retires after this year and Brady plays two more years, sure. Okay. See? That's what I'm talking about. Brady's still ahead in touchdown passes. Yeah. So Breeze can suck it. So, um, all right. The other fantasy note, although there's certainly we could talk about lots of things, but the other really notable NFL thing that happened was, so Levy announced he was coming back. And uh, he said he was going to come back week seven, which is their bye. And... Jay Ajayi went down and tore his ACL and is out for the season. Yep. And man, I got to tell you, that feels like a perfect spot for, for Le'Veon. Like, how could the Eagles, who are two and three, not want to get Le'Veon ASAP? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of in desperation mode at this point. It's not full desperation, but it's, they're definitely not where they expected to be after five games. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think they have the easiest schedule coming up. We'll check that. But, uh, but like... They did this last year. They traded for Ajayi last year when it looked like Ajayi was sort of a similar, like, high-end running back, and they got him cheap because he was struggling a bit in Miami. Now, it turns out they didn't really I use mean, him I mean, Le'Veon is obviously far more impressive oh, yeah. than Ajayi. Of course. Of course yeah. he is. Um, but I'm just saying, like, they're willing to do this kind of a deal. They're willing to trade for a running back who they think is going to help them. I mean, there's talk, by the way, of them trading for LaShawn as well, which also makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, if the prices are even kind of close, I think you just have to take... Levy on though. Oh, of right? course. I mean, if I assume you, the price is far less for LaShawn McCoy, but maybe not because of the situation surrounding Le'Veon. Exactly. That's what I would think too. Like, how much is LaShawn supposed to go for right now? Third round pick? Maybe a fourth, right? Yeah. Le'Veon is probably a two. Because LaShawn's like two years and then he's retired, right? At most. Yeah, he's also got a big deal. You yeah. may not even want to pay him. Um, but yeah, Le'Veon would be a second round pick, I imagine. Yeah. Third round pick at best. You're praying for a third round pick. The, the Steelers would never take anything less than a third round pick, I got to think. But a second round pick? I mean, I don't see why either team wouldn't do that. I feel like Philly should absolutely pull the trigger, give up a second round pick. Pittsburgh should be thrilled to get it. They finish with this deal finally. James Conner's good enough. And now the Eagles have a massively important weapon to their team, which is going to be great for them. Yeah, and they got Alshon back. Yeah, I mean, Ertz is looking good. Wentz is not all the way back yet, and maybe he's not. I mean, I keep talking him up. I know every every show, but maybe he's. Maybe we'll see how much he comes back. Nick he Foles two point like They what? got two Nick Foles in the same team. It kind of feels like Nick it. Foles uh, had a season with twenty nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Man, I, I mean, it's different. Why? Because one of them was Nick Foles, who was like a sixth round pick or something like that. It was in a Chip Kelly offense that the league wasn't prepared for. When this did, was the second. When did Tom Brady go? And who's his coach? Yeah, but I think Tom Brady has proven. That he's more than that, right? Yeah. Um, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, Nick Foles is not starting anywhere in the league. A, caught a touchdown. Nick Foles isn't starting anywhere and didn't start didn't start last year, the year before, the year before that either, right? I'm not a Wentz believer. I know that. But Wentz was great in his second year. It was the second overall pick and has all the talent and all the tools to be that guy. So we'll see. But by the way, we were talking about the uh, Philadelphia's upcoming schedule. They, they uh, play at the Giants so uh, this Thursday, actually, so real soon. And then they have Carolina. They have their, uh, then they, play, they host Carolina. They go to Jacksonville. That's tough. Yeah. They host Dallas. They go to New Orleans. That's tough. And then they, the only other tough games on their schedule is they go to the Rams. And then the rest of it's sort of just NFC East stuff. So it's not great, but it's not horrible either. Yeah. It's fine. Le'Veon could, could eat during those games. Yes, he really could. Yeah. He, he could have a great, great year. Philly could challenge for another title, maybe win one again. And uh, they, they don't just pay Levy on a lot of money, but maybe you just suck it up and do it if you're that good. And you're yeah. like, fantastic. Like, we get the best running back in the league during his prime, and yeah. we're good everywhere else. Yeah, or he gets hurt, and you don't have to pay him. Yeah. Like, either way, who cares? It's like, Thank I, goodness for non-guaranteed contracts. Yeah, really. Which I guess is part of what Le'Veon's trying to get, by the way, is a guaranteed yeah. contract. That's not going to happen. Uh, we'll see. The NFL won't let it happen. They're, they have to collude against the players to make sure that that doesn't become a standard. I mean, Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract, so that may be the beginning of things. That might know? be, but that's a quarterback. It's different. Okay, no one had ever gotten one before. True. So, like, now that once the wall's breached, man, eventually it all happens for everyone. I bet a lot of the other GMs were like, man, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? They're Give not me. thrilled. Yeah, they're like, why are you setting this precedent? Yeah. But this is what happens with every time, you know, a new quarterback gets crazy money. That's the same conversation they have, too. You know, it's all just like... I think it's a bigger deal, though, the, the guaranteed nature of it. It is. But, you know, from Minnesota's point of view, they're like, we need to upgrade our quarterback. Kirk Cousins feels like a clear upgrade. We have to make sure we get him. Yeah. What do we have to do to get him? We don't care. You know, this is our chance to be really great for the next five years. We got to get him right now. Although they haven't been so great this year. Kirk they, Cousins has been good, but... They have struggled so far, for sure. But... It's, uh, but I mean, it's hard to argue with that, uh, that move, like signing, dropping Case Keenum and signing Kirk Cousins, dropping the other guys too, like Bradford and Bridgewater for Cousins. Like Cousins is clearly so much better. Minnesota, by the way, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one, So they can still pull themselves out of this at this point. We'll see what happens. Anything else you want to talk about NFL-wise or fantasy check-in-wise? Um, maybe a brief touch on... Patrick Mahomes, although yeah. he's still, I think, looked pretty good, although he had a couple interceptions for the first time in his career. Last Did not game. throw a touchdown pass, threw two interceptions, yeah. won the game. Looked decent, um, but from, from a fantasy perspective, it seems like he's maybe falling back down to earth a little bit. He's not going to, like, Michael Vick you your league. The right. way Michael Vick did that one year. Yeah, he sure did. And, that, and yeah, that happens. Like... Uh, Devonta Freeman did that year, too, right? That one month of greatness, and it sort of carried a lot of people to their, to their regular or, season. Or if you had David Johnson his rookie year. Yeah, you know, there's like always when, a guy, right? Yeah. But or it looked Alvin like Kamara, Mahomes... Alvin Kamara last year. Yeah, it looked like Mahomes was the guy this year. Yeah. Like, it really... And it, he, but he still might be the guy, but... Yeah, he had one rushing touchdown, no passing touchdowns, two picks. They did win comfortably against Jacksonville, though, so they, he wasn't really needed to throw a lot of passes. Like, when they were playing the Steelers... They, had, they were in a shootout, and so he just kept throwing the ball. you got to think the Chiefs are going to be in a lot of shootouts this year. Their defense sucks. They really so, do. Although Jacksonville could not solve it well, somehow. the Bortle sauce, Bortle sauced everything. Yeah, he sure did. Boy, um, he's bad. So what is your outlook for Mahomes' rest of season? Do you feel like it was overblown that the majority of fantasy analysts were saying he's the number one quarterback in fantasy? Do you think that's over, or do you think he's rest of season number one? I don't think he's rest of season number one. Who it's do you easy think to is? say that. But Who do you think, think is? Uh, you, ha- so you have to pick somebody, and Mahomes is in that pool, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, I think I don't think he's number one. I would rather have Breeze. I'd rather have Brady. Um, that's all I can come up with. But Rodgers? Rodgers is at least possible. I mean, Rodgers, even though they lost, Rodgers had 460 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. I think it was 422, but still, I'm with you. Um, yeah, that's a good... Rodgers is a good one, too. I'd rather have... Yeah, give me the old guys who are great. Give me all yeah. the, the old first ballot Hall of Famers. I'll take them all over Mahomes right now. Yep. Uh, none of them run for touchdowns. That's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, Mahomes didn't throw for any. <laughs> so, true. last week. Anyway, Russell Wilson could still blow up, by the way. I mean, he's done he did it last year, too. Yeah. Last year, the second half of the season, he was unbelievable. First half of the season, he kind of blew. Yeah. But he might blow up, but I don't know, counting on that seems crazy. And so I'm not interested in that. When, like, Brady has all his weapons that he's going to... He's got more weapons than he's had in a while. Rodgers is Rodgers. Breeze is Breeze. Seems like, okay. Like, Breeze looked amazing last night. Amazing. Again. He just yeah. destroyed those guys. All right, before we get to the next segment, yeah, uh, we have a new sponsor for Money Firepod. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's our first sponsor. Tell it's, them about uh, it. It's frozen potato. Yeah. So this is a new thing. It's an offer for first timers. You go to frozenpotato.gov yeah. slash Money Firepod. You get your first <laughs> frozen potato for free. Yeah. Now you might be asking, what are the benefits to a frozen potato? Number one, ship directly to your door. <laughs> <laughs> number two it's free and it's not just the first one they're all free they're trying to get rid of these oh they're potatoes. all free. so wait yeah. i thought it was an off the offer is not okay please continue number three the majority of them have a form of bacteria on them that is you know not really discovered by science yet it's frozen if you're any good at chemistry or, or biology you might be able to learn a thing or two discover a new species oh also if you eat the potato it gives you more benefits than a normal potato, right? Because you're ingesting Well, it can make your new... tongue very cold if it's warm, if you don't do anything to prepare it, because it's frozen. Right. Oh, that's, that's a good That's point. a benefit right there. Yeah. Like, if you have, like, uh, back pain or something like that, use that fro- take out that frozen potato. Put it on the back. Feel better. I mean, also, maybe that the bacteria will grow into something that can give you a little back rub. Yeah. Sometimes maybe your coffee maker is set to the coffee's too hot. Just dump that frozen potato right in that coffee. <laughs> cool it right down. Yeah. Be careful uh, of the spillage. The thing people don't realize about government-issued frozen potatoes yeah. is how versatile they are. And uh, let me see. What, what is the copy here? Frozen potato. Frozen potatoes today is probably going to thaw out by tomorrow. And uh, so make sure you go to frozenpotato.gov slash moneyfirepod and type in the code frozen potato money fire <laughs> for your first frozen potato for free. The rest are free, too. But you said the rest of them are free. Yeah, but this way we get credit. Yeah. We get 5% of the sales. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen potato, you know, reminds me of a story. Okay. When I was, uh, this wasn't that long ago, but I was in Vegas, and uh, I was betting on, uh, I think it was college basketball, and they were there was some sort of promotion where they were saying, like, you know, you also get, like, a free app if you make a certain amount of bets or something. Like okay. That, right? So I was like, no problem. I got to get my free app. And you could pick between a few different things. And you actually, mean appetizer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, come on. Everyone people, knows. people hear app, they're like, angry birds. Oh, that's a great point. Okay, yeah, yeah free appetizer. Um, so they, gave, they had a little menu, and on the menu there were three choices, and one of them was chili cheese fries. Another one was um, sliders. And the third one was actually, it wasn't frozen potato. It was frozen potatoes. And so I was trying to find out, is this one potato that's cut up and you're calling it potatoes like hash brown potatoes? Or is this multiple frozen potatoes? 
and they couldn't they couldn't answer that. Why did they have frozen potatoes for sale? They weren't for sale. They were the apps that you get for free if you. Uh, if why would you, why would you want frozen potatoes? What do you mean? Why would you want them? Well, to cool down your coffee. Oh yeah. To help your back <laughs> as oh, a okay. paperweight. You know. I didn't think of the paperweight, but the problem with it as a paperweight is that if you don't put the book in the freezer with the frozen potato, the frozen potato will thaw out and it will make your book wet. Do you not know what a paperweight is used for? Because it doesn't sound like it based okay. on that. Right. I was thinking of, of keeping a book open. I don't know why I was thinking <laughs> that, but that's not what it's for. No, no that's not. Your a, important legal documents that yeah, you exactly. have on your, on your desk in you, your you mahogany use, courtroom. You could use it also to just keep a door open. How about that? Is that so crazy? Then it's okay if the floor gets wet. Maybe. Depends on the floor. Yeah, we'll put it in a little bowl first. Also depends on the potato and which type of bacteria also, it has. Also, if it's frozen, it doesn't have to get wet. It depends on how much ice there is. It could just be frozen in potato. <laughs> anyway. There's condensation, man. Let's get to the NBA. All right. Frozenpotato.com. All right. NBA over-unders. Two divisions today because we got to get them done before we get to the regular season. Hell yeah. Let's start with uh, the only tough division in the Eastern Conference, I would say. The Atlantic Division. It is a very tough division, starting oh, yeah. with the favorites in the division, Jonathan Levy's own Boston Celtics. Oh, man. They're Why so don't you good. just talk about them for a second? Their, okay. their number is 58. Yeah. That's a high number. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think they won 56 games last year. Um, almost certain they did, actually. They won 53 the year before. And uh, they have... Okay, it can't be the best starting five in basketball, right? It just can't be. Golden State Warriors. Right. So it just can't be. But they have, I think it's unquestionably the second best starting five in basketball. You could argue the Rockets. I don't think you could. Like, here's the starting five of the Celtics. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. It's really good. That is, I mean, that is insanely good. And also, like, Brown and Tatum may have a chance to get a lot better. Like, a lot better. Now, the argument for the Rockets over them would yeah. be... If, if Capella takes a leap and is actually better than any of those guys, or better than any of them besides Kyrie, let's say. How is Capella going to take that much of a leap? That's crazy. He's not that good. I would say last year that he was as good as Jason Tatum. Who you no, 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 no. He had a really good playoffs. He was not, for the season, he was not nearly as good as Jason Tatum. Tatum was freaking amazing last year, dude. Capella's really good. Capella's like a top 50 player, but Tatum's like a top 30 player. That's all. Like, barely, on the, they're both on the edges of those. Things. I don't know. I feel some maybe, homerism. Maybe Tatum's like 30. Around, I feel like the, right homerism, 30. the homerism is felt. I, don't, I mean, I think, it, like, look, CBS, Sports Illustrated, ESPN all did their top 100 basketball players. I, be, I bet you, and I'm not, I don't remember, but I bet you Capella is at least 10 spots behind Tatum on all three lists. All right. Well, the Rockets have two top 10 guys. Yes, they do. And they're significantly ahead of, well, Harden is significantly ahead of anybody yeah. on the Celtics. Yeah, Paul is not any more significantly ahead of Kyrie. Yeah. With Paul's like getting older, a little more injured and stuff like that. They're really close. I'd rather have Chris Paul if they were both healthy right now, but it's close anyway. And Kyrie for the whole season. And as we know, Kyrie's certainly not afraid to hit a big shot in the playoffs. Well, that's been an issue for Chris Paul his entire career. Also, James Harden. Yeah, I mean, saying. You, you definitely have an argument for second best starting five. You don't, yeah. you don't have an argument for best. But, I agree. I uh, agree. They can't be the best. The bench is, has some good players as well. So that's yeah, their, their bench is kind of a, a terror, a holy terror for everybody else in that they've got Marcus Smart, who they signed to a much bigger deal than I feel good about. They signed him to a four-year, $52 million deal for some reason. But he is an amazing defensive player, and it's got more fire in his little left toe than most people have yeah. in their furnaces. Uh, Terry Roger, who looks, yeah. who looks like, I don't know, the 16th best point guard in the league or something like that, at least last year in the playoffs. And he looked good in the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll see. 
Um, they bring Aaron Baines off the bench. Who did, def- did you put Jalen Brown in the starters? Yeah, I did. Okay. And it's possible. It's not really clear if Baines is going to start or Brown is going to start or Tatum is going to start. But the, the final five, the finishing five is going to be those guys anyway. Those, yeah. You know, the, what I'm calling their starting five. Those guys are going to play the most minutes. So that's how I'm thinking of them. Uh, Baines, though, was very good last year. And I think from all the advanced stats, was one of the very best defensive players in the league, not just defensive centers in the league. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and when he plays, when him and Horford both play, that's when the Celtics are the best defensive team in the oh, league. Oh, Marcus Morris also. Yep, who is a, like LeBron. He's not a stopper because no one is, but he's the guy who's like, their, I think their best defensive small forward type and is, hits big shots. And I mean, look, he doesn't shoot particularly well and it, all his shots look are sort of seem like bad decisions, but he hits 45% of them and it's fine. I mean, he's, he's a Carmelo kind of player, but he plays defense. Yeah, he's rugged. Yeah. Um, he's, it's amazing to be able to bring a guy like that off the bench. Yeah. You know, that was a good team. Yeah. They also have Daniel Tice. Who's like a nice backup center type guy I as mean, well. Now we're doing stuff that you always scoff at when I mention players of other teams <laughs> that, I mean, okay. I mean, he's, he's good though. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Cause you just, just cause you know about him that you're saying, it's not because things. I know, but I watched him play all last year. Right. He got and hurt. He just, I've said stuff like mentioned a player and you've been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Move on. Like he's one of those guys. Did you watch any of those players who you mentioned play? Yes. I watched every game Tice played last year. Okay. I have some, I mean, it's so, not like but, I have so no you're more likely to him. rate him highly because you watched every game. No, I'm telling you, he's actually a good player. He's okay. not, he's not a starter level player, but he's absolutely, he's an NBA rotation backup center for sure. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm sure if he was on any other team and I mentioned his <laughs> name, you would say, what, who's that? Yeah. Move on. Okay, that's probably true. So that's not going to factor into the over-under. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, that's completely fair. They Homer have, they is good depth. You're no Bill Simmons, but you're, you're approaching it. Yeah, they've got good depth, at, especially good big man depth right now. Yes, okay. So the number is 58. They also have maybe the best coach in the NBA, debatably. He, yeah, um, he was, uh, they, in the GM survey, he won best coach. He got like 37% of the vote, which was, was surprising to me. I assume Pop would win again. He's won like for the last six years. Yeah. He won pretty easily over Popovich. And maybe it's because they think Popovich is sort of checking out a little bit, or you know, Popovich's wife died, of course, yeah, um, in the off season or just before the season ended last year, and that really sort of rocked his world. And you know, so it's possible people aren't as sure about him, but and also maybe the the Kawhi thing, Kawhi leaving and Pop not being able yeah. to fix that somehow factors in. But yeah, I think from an X's and O's point of view, I think everyone agrees like Brad Stevens is sort of the best, like draws up the best out of timeouts plays and develops young players. He does everything you want a coach to do. Basically. Seems to be able to get the most out of his players. Like yeah. Jay Crowder is a great example where yes. he just hasn't been a fit anywhere else. The way he looked like the best contract in the NBA for the time he was in Boston. I'm really curious to see how Isaiah Thomas ends up looking when he's fully healthy in uh, Denver. Yeah. Because that's a, like Isaiah Thomas was fifth in MVP voting. Yep. You know, two years ago. And before that, he was like a nice player in Phoenix who came off the bench and then it, he was sort of hurt all last year, so it's a little hard to know what he's going to be now. But we're going to see now. And, like, Denver would love him to be great. Denver would love him to score 20-some-odd points a game, I think, you know. But I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Oh, that makes that reminds me of a slight correction. Last week we were talking about Damian Lillard briefly. Yeah. And I think we said he was sixth in MVP voting last year. He mm-hmm. was fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, it is. All right. So 58 is the number for Boston. Yes. So what do you think? <sighs> I mean, I guess I'll take the over. I mean, I think it's probably the over. The, the, there's a lot of, there's a few really good teams in the East. There's a lot of bad teams in the East. The Celtics have got great depth and the best coach. They've got a lot of young players who could improve. They can sustain, they can handle themselves. They won 56 games last year and Gordon Hayward didn't play. Yeah. You know, Hayward's going to be there this year. Like, 
Kyrie didn't play for the last like month of the season. Like they still won 56 games. They're better this year. I don't see why they wouldn't win 58. I know Toronto got Kawhi. I know Philly's better, but still, I think yeah. I like the over. I think actually the way to the under is not that Kawhi is great and that Philly is great. It's that those teams aren't very good. That's the way to the under where Boston starts like, oh, realizing they have the number one seed locked up because the Cavs are no threat anymore, obviously. And they don't have to win 58 games. Like 54 is enough for the number one seed hmm. and they're resting players near the end of the year. Did you say they're arresting? Oh, Rest, resting. Yeah. Um, that is fair and interesting. I guess the one counterpoint to that would be if they're in shouting distance of home court advantage for the playoffs, including the finals, I would be surprised if they didn't go for that because they would see that as really important to have right. a chance well, what in the if, finals. What if they're, you know, eight games behind right. the Warriors? Well, yeah, you know? then they're not in shouting distance, yeah. right? Which is very possible that yeah. they just won't be. So one of the Western Conference teams will have 65 wins and they'll have, like, yeah, 54 wins. And they'll be like, forget it. Like, yeah. We don't need to do this. Let's get yeah. some playing time for yeah. Sammy Ojale. Right, know? right. Yeah, then then they absolutely will will rest their guys. Yeah, I'm sure. So, but yeah, but I would be I wouldn't be too concerned about that because I know that they care about home field advantage or home court advantage. I yeah, I, I like the over also. I see ways to the under, but I, I think you got to take the over with the roster improvement and them looking so good last year. And none of their players are in decline. Maybe you could. Well, maybe Al Horford's in decline. Um, maybe, but we have, we've yet to see any obvious signs of it. I'll say that. he yeah. looked fantastic in the playoffs last year when more was asked of him because Kyrie and Hayward. But he's in his low thirties now, right? I think he's 32. Yeah. This is when players start to decline. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but also he's got an interesting skill set, you know, where he's very athletic for sure, but he's also like an amazing passer Yeah, and like that shouldn't, he shouldn't lose that, you know, like his speed isn't that important. I don't know. I think I, I would expect, and he's like becoming a better shooter. Like he shot a lot of threes last year. Um, I would expect he's still going to be very, very effective this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We like the over. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you like the over too. Yeah. I mean, you were going to say the over no matter what, obviously. That is not true. 68 games. You'd say the over. <laughs> That's just not true. All right. But you know, go Let's ahead and go accuse to, me of things. I, I'd love to. All right. Brooklyn. Yes. The Brooklyn Nets who, uh, now, this is a factor. For the first time, are going to have their own pick. Yes. So, they actually, now they finally have a reason to tank. Yep. So, <laughs> that, that might be a reason to take the under right now. <laughs> what is the number? 31 and a half. Let's look at their team and see if they've got any good players. They have D'Angelo Russell. They have yep. Shabazz Napier. They have Karis LeVert, who people like, but isn't going to be amazing. They have a bunch of guys who would be nice to have as your seventh best player. Right. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Alan Crabb. Kenneth Fareed. Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Dudley. Ed Davis. Spencer Dinwiddie. They are all the seventh best player. Damari Carroll. Yeah. They're all the same guy. They're guys who can start on your team when your team is pretty good, but can't ever be an important player. They can team. be the fifth best starter on your team. Spencer Dinwiddie could be the fifth best starter on your team, and you can have a good starting lineup. I'm taking yeah. the under. This team needs to tank. Yep. They I have agree. to tank. And they'll be excited to tank because it's the first opportunity to actually get a draft pick. I mean, it's been so... It's been three years since they've had their own draft pick. They and really have... so bad. They have absolutely zero star power. The closest thing they have to star power is D'Angelo Russell. Yes. Which is not good. I mean, I mean they would probably argue... I think they'd argue Dinwiddie is their biggest star, yeah. but... I mean, that tells you something. But Russell is only 22 and yeah. could still certainly improve. He's 22 still? Yeah. Wow. He's got the pedigree. Yes, he does. But he has not really shown enough. And so it's been three years, right? Yeah, but sometimes players take a little while to come into their own. It they happens. They do. They do. Well, this is, it's time. Like, if it doesn't happen this year, I don't know if it's going to happen for him. Like, I know I use Blazers examples a lot. It's just because 
it's easy for me because I know the Blazers the best. Mm-hmm. But the Blazers didn't put this player in the spotlight, but it took him till his third year till he actually was good. And CJ McCollum, okay. for example, like it's possible if CJ McCollum started his first two years, have been like, wow, that guy is not very good. Yeah. And then the third year, it's like, oh, there he goes. He That's got it. possible. Yeah. Um, but also, CJ was on a team where there were already dominant scorers and things like that, right? Yeah. And so. Like, no one was asked. Like, he didn't have that many shots to take. You could also argue he gets better shots when he does take them, I guess. But, like, you know, like, they're not ever, they're never, they're never hoping CJ's going to score so much, you know, except in very particular spots. Now they do, of course. But D'Angelo Russell, from the beginning, they're like, you have all the shots. Take every shot you want, kid. You know, it's been three years of that. And it's just been a disaster. <clears throat> Byron yeah. Scott hated this guy. And the Lakers basically couldn't wait to ship him out for basically nothing. And he was the number two overall pick. Well, Byron Scott's an idiot anyway, though. That's true. But like Magic Johnson and Rob Polenka don't seem like idiots. Yeah. And they also were like, we'll just take Brooke Lopez for him. We don't care. We're also drafting Lonzo Ball because get this guy out of here. You know? I mean, their, their number is higher than the Cavs, higher than the Bulls. Feels like they're worse than those teams. Their number is 30. 31 and a half. Yeah. I, I don't see how we could do anything but take the under. They, yeah. they have to get talented players, like supremely talented players, right? You just have to. Yep. All right. We're under on them. Okay. Next up, another shit team, but they do have a potential superstar. The New York Knicks. They do have a potential superstar. Their number is 30, lower than the Brooklyn Nets. This yeah. must be based on Porzingis coming off of an injury. Yeah, I think it has to be that. Also, like, what, who else is on this team at this point? They have Enos Cantor, who is incredible oh. offensively and at rebounding, just yeah. defensive turnstile. They have Frank Nicolina, who could take a step forward. Mm-hmm. They have Tim Hardaway Jr., serviceable. Yeah. They have the second coming of Mario Hazonia. Maybe he'll do something. We'll see. I mean, maybe. Um, that's most of what I'm seeing here as far as reasonable players. Oh, they have, uh, they're pretty high on their rookie, Kevin Knox. Yeah. So they really need Cantor to be good. I guess they got Moutier. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Of course, they Moutier, have everybody hates Moody. And they have Nick, uh, Nicolina anyway, right? To be yeah. their point guard. And so Moody is, but Moody is very young. So Moody is 22. Like, I don't know, man. They got a lot of very young players. They got Noah Vonley. I mean, they got lots of guys like that. They have Trey Burke. That guy still exists. It's basically the Cantor and Zinger show, right? I mean, that's yeah. what's really going on here. And Unless if, if Nicolina becomes a thing, that's possible. Yeah, or Hazonia, maybe like in a new spot where they ask little different things of him, maybe, but he's never shown anything. Or if Kevin Knox is a great rookie. Yep. What's the number? It's uh, 30. I'm taking the under, man. Get Porzing- me out of here. Porzingis, man, if he stays healthy. But is he, when is he coming back? Oh, I think he's back already, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. That's, that's a really important thing for us. Yeah, to we should know that. Let's we see should, if we can find that yeah, out. Yeah, you should look at that because... Oh, okay. I think I like the over if he's playing the whole season. I mean, assuming that he doesn't get re-injured, of course. Yeah, okay. Well, I have. uh, This is from September 24th. So this is from about two weeks ago. He says he's rehabbing conservatively, unsure when he'll return. Oh, never mind. Let's go under. Then I think we just have to have. Also, it's the kind of thing where if they're not sure at all, they're just going to keep him out, right? He's too important to screw up. Like, you know, you just can't put him out there a little too early and have bad things happen. Yeah. I mean, it's probably world. easy for bad things to happen. He's a seven foot three skinny guy. Those guys get hurt all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Porzingis, when he's like last year before he hurt himself, was looking pretty he was, good. He was like insane for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Do you remember that? Where I remember. Just like, wow, was Porzingis an MVP candidate this Peralibob year? Peralibob was talking him up like he was a top 10 player and yeah. stuff like that. But it was like, you want Cat or Porzingis? Right. Yeah. Right. And then things like calm down a little bit. I do remember his. Specifically, a Haral Bob responding to a tweet asking Cat or Porzingis, and he's like, Porzingis. Yes. 
It's just like, what? That seemed crazy. Yeah. That was just a one moment in time, though, that quickly changed back to Cat. Yeah. And here we are now where it's, you know, it's not even a conversation. Yeah. Let's go under 30 because Porzingis health concerns. Yeah. That All right. sounds reasonable. That makes sense. All right. How about another good team? This, there, we've done one of the three good teams in this division, and they're very good teams. Yes. The 76ers. Oh, man. This is, a, this is the most interesting team, for sure, of everyone, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I think so. Well, I guess they're all pretty... In, mm. All three of the good teams are pretty interesting, actually. You mean of everyone in the NBA or everyone in the I division? Just meant, I just meant in this division. Yeah. But maybe this might be the most interesting team in the NBA. For me, it's between this team and the Lakers. Lakers are interesting. I mean, the, the Raptors are really interesting, yeah. too, which we're going to talk about. The Celtics are interesting. Anyway, but we're talking about this, the Sixers here. So the Sixers did not make many obvious changes. They right? didn't have to. Right. They still have Covington. They have Embiid. They have Fultz, who we'll see about. They have Ben Simmons. They have Big Ben Simmons. They got J.J. Redick. They got Sarich. And they drafted Zaire Smith. People are pretty high on him. Yeah, but not for this year, probably. Probably not. And uh, then beyond that, yeah, Wilson Chandler. He's a good rotation player. He's fine. He's fine. Jared yeah, Bayless, nah. I mean, right, they've got other guys, but whatever, just normal dudes. But the, the Daniel Tices of the it's world. It's all about Simmons and Embiid, really. Well, I think it's also all about Fultz. Right. If Fultz can actually be a thing, then look look out. Yeah. Like, really look out, NBA, if Fultz is a thing. Yep. I, I have a very strong feeling about this, though. Very that strong he opinion is not about this. a thing? He is not going to be a thing. It doesn't this kid seem, is not. It doesn't seem like it. I saw video of him playing ping pong. I heard about this video. So here's what it was. Now, Deadspin wrote a funny article about it, which is something like, you know, Marco Fultz is, is it a human being who cannot correctly operate his, his limbs or something like that. <laughs> okay. So he was playing ping pong. And this is video that he, like, put out on his own Instagram. And it's not like it's crazy or anything, but he doesn't know how to hold a ping pong paddle. Instead of, like, holding it on the handle, he's got his hand wrapped around the entire paddle and holding it that way. You know what I'm saying? It's super weird. That it's is like, weird. Like, it's like a Venus flytrap, like, about to eat its, its victim or something. And he's playing like that. It's like, do you not understand how this works? Like, it's much harder to play the way you're playing. What are you doing? It's not like he was good. If he was really good at it, fine. I'd be like, yeah. wow, that's, that's, that's cool. He's an incredible athlete, I guess. No. He's a terrible ping pong player who doesn't know how to hold a ping pong paddle. That's what's going on. So that's what his jump shot is, basically. It is. I mean, really. I think there's some really weird stuff going on in this kid's head. I, th- I remember last year in the preseason. No. No. It was, uh, the season already started, but he was hurt. But they went and played, I think, in Europe. The 76ers did in the middle of the season for a few games. And maybe it was even China. I don't know. It was, it was far away. And they did a thing where they were saying, like, um, who, are, who, you know, who are the biggest potential? Who's going to be a star in the 76ers? And the fans, like, voted and then ahead of time. And then they, like, Markel Fultz was one of the people they voted for. And so they went and got the reactions from the players. Or Markel, Markel Fultz was like, they said that about me? Wow. He sort of, like... He was like, oh, I like that. And it was like this weird, like not what you ever see from any player and not in a good way. It was like, you're supposed to think you're going to be a star, buddy. Like, number what's one overall going pick. on? What? He's the number one overall pick. Yeah. And instead, you know, he took a three-pointer in the preseason. Everyone acted like he just won the slam dunk competition, you know? Like, great. He was wide open and took a corner three and hit it. Like, that's good. He's, I think he took one three all preseason, though. Like, <laughs> this is not okay. The, the value of this guy is his jump shot. The biggest value. He's got other value, too. He's a great I mean, penetrator. He's, he's a good rebounder. He's a good passer. If the value of, his, of this guy was his jump shot, he would just be a J.J. Redick clone. I mean, he, oh, he's like a super athlete, course, right? No, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. I should re-say that. The, the thing that gives him a chance to be a superstar is his jump shot. Yes. Like, along with his other stuff, being able to score like the way he was scoring in college and shoot the way he was shooting in college made him the number one overall pick. 
Without that, he would have been like the 20th pick in the draft, you know, the 25th pick in the draft, something like that. So, and as we know, really good guys went after him, yeah. including Jason Tatum, yeah. who went third overall. And luckily, the Celtics traded down from number one to get. So, to me, that's the biggest thing. Simmons is going to Simmons and Embiid is going to Embiid. They could get better. They could get a lot better, I guess. But I think without that, but if Fultz takes a big step forward, this team could be the best team in the league. I agree. And I, I, I just don't that, think it's going to happen. I mean, if Simmons, even if Fultz is on the bench the whole year, yeah, and Simmons and Embiid both take big steps forward, which is definitely possible because this was the most complete year Embiid ever played, and it was Simmons' first year in the league last year. It's hard to remember that because right. he played so fucking well. Yeah, and he had sat out a whole season. Yeah, also right. But yeah, so if they both take like a twenty percent step forward, which is possible, which is definitely possible without Fultz even playing at all, it yeah. could still be the best team in the league. I don't think they can be the best team. In the, they may have the best record, but they can't be the best team with just those two players. Maybe not. But like the, the, the other team, the other players are good around them, though. The other players are good, but like I mean, the, the Warriors are better anyway. If those guys take twenty percent, yeah, forward, probably. I mean, like Durant and Steph are just better than those guys anyway. Like twenty percent ain't going to do it, and they've got a better supporting cast by a lot. You know. Yeah. But um, that said. They could certainly be the best team in the East, and they could challenge for a title if those guys get significantly better. And it's easy to remember that the Sixers were really good last year, and Fultz didn't play at all. Right. And so, like, they should be better without him. And if he can give them anything, right now they said they're starting him at the shooting guard spot. We'll see what happens with that. Reddick's coming off the bench. That's the plan right now. I don't believe that's going to last. Who's playing point? Jared Bayless? I mean, Ben Simmons Simmons is the point. Simmons Simmons is the point, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, So... I mean, it's a really weird team. Nick, cool. So now the entire backcourt can't shoot at all and doesn't want to shoot a three. So I don't know how that's going to work. I predict it's going to be a disaster. Wasn't there a viral video of Ben Simmons hitting threes during the offseason, which, of course, people overreacted I'm to? I'm sure there was. He, like, went around. He did, like, the around-the-world thing yeah. and swished them all with, like, with ease. I mean, that's but, cool. That's cool, but it's not against an NBA defense. I'll know? say this. Like, sh- you know, come out with me to the playground and take a lot of viral vid. Take a lot of video of me. Sooner or later, I'm going to be able to – I'll hit five in a row yeah. also, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm actually a reasonable shooter from outside. I will hit five in a row. I'm sure Ben Simmons is a better shooter than I am. We're both not good enough to play in the NBA for, <laughs> in terms of shooting, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, Simmons is going to be a below average three point shooter. Probably significantly. He's probably not going to take any threes unless he's completely wide open. Uh, and that's, that's okay for him, but it's going to make it harder on Embiid if without JJ Redick there to sort of be some gravity, you know, and pull players away from him. Did you know that Robert Covington is six foot nine? I really didn't know that. That surprises me. I thought he was like six, five. Be my guess. Covington was a really nice find for the Sixers. They got, they was just a second round pick. I think he might've been, or he, he might've come from the G league. Even he might have been undrafted and come from the G League, and they just like developed him, and now he's like an average starting uh, small forward in the league. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, good defender. Yeah, now they're paying him like he's that, but still, like they got that, and you know, with a team like this, you you'd rather pay the money and have good players. You know, like who cares about your salary cap? Like this is a team that's built for. I mean, it's time, right? I guess they, you could say the Sixers have another two years before it, it's really their time, but like I mean, they, they have could be hu- good right they now. They actually have a huge window. Their yeah. window is enormous. Yes, they have. I mean, as long as they can keep Simmons and Embiid, I don't see why they can't. Yeah. Uh, their window is, yeah, as, as big as anyone's window in the league, right? Yeah. Like, bigger than anyone's window in the league. Yeah. Know? Certainly bigger than the Celtics, who have young Jalen Brown and young Jason Right. Eventually, Tatum. they're going to have to part ways with some of those players, whereas the Sixers can always keep Simmons and Embiid. I mean, the Celtics could decide to build around to keep, Tatum, to keep Brown and Tatum, but I don't think Brown and Tatum have nearly the ceiling that, you know, Tatum oh. maybe, but certainly not Brown. Right. 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 Um, all right. So, their 76ers number is 53 and a half. That feels like an over to me. Ooh, that's close. 
That's real close. I kind of lean over also, though. I got to tell you. I kind of believe, gonna I believe something, right? I believe in the talent of Simmons and Embiid quite yeah. a bit. And like JJ Redick, let's not underestimate. He's kind of like right. the perfect version of that guy. He's great. Yeah. He's great. And he's, it is, as you're saying, yeah, he's ideal for that team. Yeah. I, I really think in two weeks, like he's going to be the starter again. Yeah. Or be playing starter minutes anyway. And Fultz will be starting, but playing 12 minutes a game or 15 minutes a game. And it's just going to be embarrassing for everyone. Yeah. And then Fultz will get traded at the end of the year <laughs> or something. Yeah. I so like. okay, I guess I guess you, I guess I'm cool with the over. I mean, Toronto's good too. Someone's got to lose games, but I guess these aren't the three teams that are going to do it. They, we can have a division that all hits the over. Yeah. Although we did Not say the entire that division. We said the bad teams are going to hit the under. We, we went under on Brooklyn and New York. Ah, oh, that's good for us then. All right, then that makes sense. So we're two and two. That's great. All right, let's go to the last team. I know we're so on top of things. We're the best. All right, uh, the Toronto Raptors, the only Canadian team. They so sad. Their number is one game better than that of the 76ers. It is 54 and a half. Hmm. I think out of this division, this is the most difficult team to predict because it is so predicated on Kawhi Leonard and what form does Kawhi Leonard return to here? Yeah. Because if he's Kawhi Leonard that played nine games last year and looked not so good, that's not going to do it. Well, I cannot argue with that, sir. Now, do we did Kawhi play in the preseason at all? I don't know. We need to find that out. I'm looking that up right now. Talk more about who else is on this team. All right, so they got OG Ananubi, who's going to be – it's going to be his sophomore year, and he was a, a nice diamond in the rough they found in yeah. the draft. Uh, good defender, 3 and D type guy. They got Danny Green, who's a 3 and D type guy also. Yep, no, he's nice. Yeah, Serge Ibaka, reasonable power forward. Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Kyle Lowry, aging point guard, is seems to be on the decline, but is still a good point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.J. Miles, eh. Greg Monroe, <laughs> Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam. People are pretty high on his defense, at least. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's like a plotting center who belongs in the mid-90s, but he's pretty good at being that guy. You've always been a fan of that, guys. Fred, until he missed like six layups to lose the playoffs. Fred Van Vliet, who yeah. people like a lot. People do. Yeah. And DeLon Wright. So not bad. Yeah. Here's the good. deal with Kawhi. He did play in the preseason. He played two games. He scored 12 points in the opener. He scored 17 and had five rebounds in, uh, in a, on October 2nd against Utah as his second game. So he says he's good to go. He's playing. He's so, been talking as if he might stay in Toronto if yes. things go well, too. I think it's reasonable to think that we could think of Kawhi as either the guy that he's been or close to it. Yeah. Certainly close to it and maybe the guy. If he's close to it, I like the over on 54 and a half. That guy, the guy that he was, so good. So good. And that team is, I mean, that team, how many games did that team win last year anyway? I mean, they won, they didn't win 56, but they won around 50 games, didn't they? Yeah. So, so he's the best player in the Eastern Conference by a significant margin if he returns to being that guy. If he returns to being that guy, yeah. Because who could, I guess. Oh, Giannis. Right. Giannis is the only other guy who might be in there. I mean, in theory, like, there's some other guys who could, you know, put it all together this year. But ben that, Simmons. That's what right, that's what it would yeah. take. You need Ben Simmons to put it all together, basically, yeah. which is not going to happen, I don't think. I think it's too early. No. So I agree. It's Kawhi or Giannis. It might be Giannis, but we'll find out. But that's what it, I mean, Kawhi could be the MVP for sure this year, right? Yeah. Toronto wins 60 games. They're the number one seed in the East. He scores 23 points, is the best defensive player, best defensive wing in the league, at least, and maybe the best defensive player. He's the MVP. 
and they're like a true championship contender. He signs a deal. He stays in Toronto. Kyle Lowry's happy. Everyone stays, and it's Toronto suddenly legit again. That that's a reasonable outcome. And their coach is just some guy they they pro- promoted from within, right? Nick Nurse, yeah. I believe. Uh, yeah, but apparently Kawhi likes him. Okay, he's, like he's met with Kawhi numerous times when when Kawhi first came in, and Kawhi like had only good things to say about it. Which you know, when we compare his year in San Antonio, where he basically didn't speak at all. Yeah, that's a good sign anyway. Kawhi seems, as you said, and be embracing Toronto. And I would love it if he stayed. We'll see I really what happens. Hope he stays. We'll see what happens when it gets cold. That might change his mind. <laughs> yeah, that honestly might change his mind. Yeah, because um, he's he's played in warm weather city his whole career. Um, so fifty four and a half. I, I like the over. I guess I like the over too. All right, so that's the Atlantic Division. We both like the over on Boston at fifty eight. We both like the unders on both Brooklyn and New York at thirty one and a half and thirty respectively. Seventy sixers fifty three and a half. We both like the over, and we both like the over fifty four and a half on the Raptors. So we're so, taking the over on all the good teams and the under on the bad teams, <laughs> which is really questionable from a uh, macro point of view. Feels but here we right are. though. It does. It does. All right. Well, let's move on to the final division. And then we'll be done with NBA over-unders until next year, assuming this podcast still exists in a year. Sounds great. The Southeast Division, which does not include either Memphis or New Orleans, because those teams are in the Western Conference for some reason. By the way, the Southeast Division does include the Washington Wizards. But they're not in Washington. They're in Washington, D.C. I understand that, <laughs> but that is no, that is no, nowhere south. Washington, D.C. is not south. It's south-ish. Come on. It's considered like borderline south. Come on. It's right next to Virginia. That's ridiculous. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. All right. I'm very upset about it. You Let's continue. You're more upset about that than Memphis being in the Western Conference? Yep. Why? Because I am. Because I said so. Because I can drive. If, I live, if I'm in New York City, I can drive to Washington, D.C. in, like, you know, not that long. I can get there in eight hours. Like, come on. I mean. That's, that's the same division. That should be the same division. I'm upset about it. You're weird. You're weird. I think a lot of people who live in Washington, D.C. would say I'm a Southerner. But would would John Wall say it? Because that's all that matters. I don't me. know. Where's he from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He did play in Kentucky. All right, let's let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks, though. Okay, the maybe the most forgettable team in basketball, the Atlanta Hawks. They might be the worst team in basketball yeah. this year. Num- their number is twenty four. Mm. I feel like this division contains two teams that I like think about the least of all the teams in La- Atlanta and Charlotte. Mm. Like I never think about either of those teams. I mean, wow, Atlanta. I'm just looking at their roster. They got Vince Carter, age sixty four, season. So their best player is Tarian Prince? Mm, Justin Anderson? No, Tarian Prince. I'm going with Tarian Prince. But that's Vince Carter tough. was good at one time. Yeah, Trey Young is going to shoot. Oh, my God, this team's going to be so bad. Trey Young is going to shoot a lot and miss a lot of shots, right? That's what's going to happen. They have, Tom, they have Thomas Robinson. He's probably his like, 11th team that he's been <laughs> on since being the fifth overall I mean, pick. What the hell? Kent Bazemore, who was good, signed a deal for $17 million a year and has never shot more than like 37% from the field again. Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's pretty good. Yeah. Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin is pretty good. Miles Plumlee's all right. This team is terrible. This team is trash, and they're also going to tank like crazy. They're going to be like, Trey Young, we don't care. Just shoot. It's fine. And he did not look good in Summer League. He looked awful. Yeah. Awful in Summer League. And probably awful in preseason, too, but I can't. I don't really know if that's true. Why is Vince Carter on this team? <laughs> they're offering him money. He's 41. They're paying him millions of dollars. No, that's but why, why would they do that? To, to probably bring along the youngsters. Or maybe get some extra seats filled. You know, Vince. How, come on. Vinsanity, man. No got, one is paying. Oh, money. I know what it is. You got Vinsanity and Lynn Sanity on the same team. Oh, the Sanities. Yeah. Together at last. Yeah. That's, that's great. What everybody's been looking for. Can you imagine the alley oop from Lynn Sanity to Vinsanity? People are going to freak out. 
<laughs> if Vince Carter can still jump high enough to dunk, I'm not sure. He is yes, 41. He 41. Good for him, man. He's he really, loves playing basketball. He's really cashing in. He's made a lot of money, and he's... I mean, they can't be paying him that much money, right? They're probably paying him two or three million bucks a year, but... I, I watched the Vince Carter documentary. It's on Netflix now, I think. Just about, like, his time in Toronto, mostly, and how he invigorated that city, and then the, the bad breakup they had and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible to to watch, like the era the film of him being there is from, and this guy's still in the NBA. People are wearing like enormous baggy suits and it's like grainy footage from like the <laughs> old times. <laughs> it's, he came into the league in 1998. Yeah, that sounds right. From, from North Carolina. I remember. He was good, man. He was real good. He was so athletic. It was and, crazy. And he's still pretty good. He's still okay. He's still good enough to make NBA teams, which is crazy. By the way, Michael Porter Jr. this offseason was asked... What year did he think Vince Carter came into the league? And he said 1988. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just bad math. Yeah, you know he's he's not he's not here for adding or subtracting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this team's over under is very low, which is reasonable because they are terrible. But it is 24, and I don't know what to do with that. You're not supposed to. I mean, they're supposed to make it, so you don't really know what to do. I know. I just want to say they're going to tank. I want to take the under. Yeah, they they're going to have to tank, right? They have their own, like they, have they, do they have their own draft picks. I assume they do. They do. I'm they don't have sure any do. assets that would say to me they don't have their own draft picks because they traded for yeah no, somebody. They, they have their own picks. They have. They actually traded down too. They traded. They got more um, assets from the Mavs when they traded down. When they uh, that's how they got Trey Young because they had the third pick. Oh they yeah, traded down to five, picked up a first round pick from the Mavs. Oh yeah, this team could have Luka Doncic. Right. But instead, they have Trey Young. So we're going to see. I mean, this is such a cr- an incredible thing. So their GM basically just bet his whole career on this. And, and they, he, he strongly believes that Trey Young is better than Luka Doncic. Yeah, of course. Which is possible, you know? It's we're possible. Gonna, I mean, the comp is obviously Steph Curry, and he really believes he's going to be Steph Curry, right? Or some version of Steph Curry, yeah. They're, the Hawks are trying to build Golden State East. Or yeah. East, you know, and we'll see if they can do it. It doesn't look like it right now, but there was a point when Golden State didn't look like Golden State either. Right. No one knew who Draymond Green was. You know, no one really thought Clay Thompson was that big a deal, and suddenly everything came together, and they were amazing. Yeah, I mean, so. like, the Hawks have Tyler Dorsey, the shooting guard from Oregon. It's possible he becomes, like, a great player. You know, like, maybe that's how they do it. You know, who knows? I mean, it doesn't sound reasonable. Yeah, the under sounds good because of the tanking. Yeah, and Trey Young, I think they're just going to start him and play him and not care. Yeah, and like, he's going to have, They like, want to lose... Take a million shots. Be be your try and be Steph Curry. You know, grow into it. He's gonna have like a horrible true su- true shooting percentage and like a terrible assist to turnover ratio. This, this trade is gonna look really bad this year, I think, because Doncic yeah. is gonna look polished and good. Yeah, and gonna be playing for a Mavericks team that's reasonably good. And the Hawks are gonna be awful, and Trey Young's gonna look be, look bad shooting a million shots. But this isn't gonna be the time to determine who wins the trade. I think it's gonna be important for us to remember in January when we're killing the Hawks because that's yeah. what we're gonna be doing. It's like three years from now. What's Trey Young then? Yeah. That's and uh, maybe Luka Doncic is gonna be so good. And what's Doncic then? Like Doncic might be like in the MVP race then, and then we're like, that's true. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think Trey Young is gonna be in the MVP race in three years. If you told me Doncic was in three years, I'd be like, okay. No, that's I agree. But like Trey Young might not be in the MVP race in three years, but he might be on his way to that too. Yeah, you know, he might be be like, wow, this kid is good. This kid is changing things. You know, like the Hawks have what the Hawks are right. You know, and. Then we'll then we'll feel differently about all this stuff, and we'll see. Maybe it's a win, even if he like looks like peak Isaiah Thomas. Then then maybe that's a win. You know? Isaiah Thomas of this Isaiah, the Thomas. short one, the extra short one. Our yeah. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. the Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, 
peak Isaiah Thomas, I think they would take that right now. If he could be that for his career, I think yeah. most teams would take that from the number five overall pick. Thrilled. Yeah. Like the, Isaiah averaged 29 points yeah. that year. Just Doncic's upside is just higher than that. Yes, it is. I'm really curious to see how Doncic actually plays in the league, but that's... Those guys will always be compared to each other now. Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Just like Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum. Yeah. You can't really escape the comparison because they were traded for each other, and both teams had the opportunity... Like, both teams had the opportunity. Like, the Celtics really chose not to take Markel Fultz, just like the, the Hawks absolutely decided not to take Doncic. That is a big deal in both spots where the fans killed them for it. Like, killed them for it. And the Celtics have been proven right so far and look like they're... It's at least a reasonable choice, yeah. if not an, a home run. Like you said we'll with see. this, though, we need like three years to be sure. Exactly. But, but yes, exactly. it does. I would take the Tatum side right I, now. I was very upset with the, the Ainge trade when he did it. You know, I remember very upset. And clearly he was right. And like not only that, they got the Kings pick this year on top of that in that deal. So like ne- never mind Danny Ainge, you're a god. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe the Hawks know what they're doing. We're going to know more, but it's going to take a while. All right, let's talk about another forgettable team. We take the under on the Hawks. Yeah. The Charlotte Hornets. Grit and Grind, baby. Owned by Michael Jordan, and that is not Grit and Grind. Well, it's, they're Grit and Grind East. I know Memphis is grit, the original Grit and Grind, but these guys are kind of gritty and grindy. Don't, you can't appropriate the Memphis thing and give it to other teams. It just did it. Seems like he did. It All just right. happened. Uh, they got Nicholas Batum. Nicholas Batum was listed as a two-guard, which surprises me. That's weird. They have the horrible contract of Bismack Biombo. <laughs> yes, they do. They have Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who they're also paying a lot of money Michael to. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is a great defender and rebounder, but he really doesn't do the stuff you need a th- your three to do. He's like, uh, I was going to say a poor man's or a rich man's. He's just a man's Justice Winslow. He's just another, just, like Justice Winslow may yeah. grow into more than that, but they're the same, those two guys. Yeah. And you can only do so much with that. Like they're okay, but you can't, you can't build a championship contender around that guy. He can just be a peripheral part of it. This team stops and starts with Kemba Walker, yeah. who kind of like Matthew Stafford is like the point guard you keep paying, but you are like, yeah, he's not quite good enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he's too good not to pay Kemba Walker. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say he's not quite good enough. I mean, you put him on a better team, we might not be, might be saying really different things about him. Yeah, maybe. Like, without him, they're awful. They won 36 games last year basically because he was good. Yeah. He's, he's their only all-star. The only guy who's even kind of an all-star. Was he an all-star? I think he was an all-star last year. He should have been. I don't know if no. he actually was. He's always on the. He's always one of the guys who either just makes it or just doesn't. Maybe he's never actually made it though. But he's always right on the. Edge. I don't think he's ever. Made, he's never no. made an All NBA team. Oh no, because point, point guard is too deep. That's really no. Of course not. I'm just yeah. talking about the All Star team. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. He averaged 22 points, five and a half assists, three rebounds last year on a on a 36 win team that had nothing else. He's a good player. He's also a good defensive player. He's a clutch player, blah, blah, blah. The Lakers would love to have this guy. Yeah. They also have Tony Parker backing him up, which doesn't matter. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, who had one good year. And but come on. Michael Kidd, Girl Christ, you know, he is a very good defensive player. Uh-huh. F- Frank Kaminsky. Eh. He can shoot. Willie Hernan Gomez. Fine. This team is just a whole lot of meh. Miles Bridges. He's their rookie. He's the X factor there. Yeah. People like Miles Bridges a lot. Yeah. They Malik got a, Monk, they got a Monk. guy named Dwayne Bacon, which is awesome. I know you love that. Malik Monk was uh, disappointing. Disappointing last year, but also very, very young still. He's just 20 now. So this team has, has some a, he, that guy. That guy has you know, potential to be like the next truly great shooter in the league. Yeah. You know, he could still be maybe not Steph Curry, but something not super far away he from it. He could be JJ Redick. Yeah, maybe better yeah. in terms because like a little more playmaking ability, a little more, you know, be able to get his own shot off and a little more range, actually. Yeah. Uh, but he's certainly not there yet. But he's 20. He's 20. 
that's fair. So the number is 35. It's tough to know. I mean, like, if Batum was peak Batum, it would be an easy over. Because Batum had a tough year last year. Yeah, but peak Batum was like a Swiss Army knife, really good all-around player. I'm betting that Batum is going to have a, have a bounce-back year. Malik Monk is going to grow up. Kemba's going to keep it all together. Marvin Williams is going to continue to Marvin Williams, and this team is going to go over 36. 35. 35, then. Miles Bridges also could be good. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable guy for sure. Yeah, 35 feels low for this team, but it does feel like they're definitely capped at, like, you know, first-round exit of the playoffs. Oh, for sure. I don't know how they're ever beating anybody in the playoffs. They're going to have to make one hell of a trade to beat someone in the playoffs. And even then... Yeah, I, I reluctantly take over 35 for this yeah, team. I don't love fair. it. That's completely reasonable. All right, we got two more, three more. Yep. Miami. Well, Miami's a weird one because they are currently engaged in Jimmy Butler trade talks. A lot of people think he's going there. Yeah, that changes things a lot because their number is 43 and a half. If they give up basically just draft picks for Jimmy Butler, then that number's got to go way up. Well, they're not going to, it won't just be draft picks. It's at least Josh Richardson. Okay, fine. But, but who cares? Yeah. Like, Number goes way up. The number ha- well, I don't know if the number goes up. I think 42 and a half, this, the Jimmy Butler uncertainty is built in. So it goes up a little. I don't think it goes up a lot with Jimmy Butler on that team. It goes right. up some. I think it goes up to like 46 with Jimmy Butler. I don't know. Maybe it goes up more than that? Maybe. Really? He's really good. There's a lot. I mean, you can't. It's really hard to have like four 50-win teams. And we know there's three 50-win yeah. teams already. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. But the, but the East, yeah. I guess the West does it every year. All right, so we got Goran Dragic on this team. He's good. He's good. He's, he's getting, 32. He's getting older. But he's good. James Johnson had kind of a breakout year at age 30 last year and was good. What, really? Yeah. When you say breakout year, what do you mean? I mean, he was like a triple-double threat type of guy. Not, not like he was getting a ton of triple-doubles, but he's like a good passer, good rebounder, good defender, good shooter type guy. Yeah, like, 11 points, five rebounds, four assists. I mean, when we say triple-double threat, that is a pretty low-level triple-double. No, yeah. But I hear what you're saying. He was, he was good at rebounding, good at passing yeah. both. He wasn't Ben Simmons kind of, or Kind of like good at everything type of guy. Tyler Johnson, very overpaid, very lucky. Um, not, <laughs> not that good at... I mean, if Hassan Whiteside can like be integrated back into the team, that yeah. could be useful, but I'm not optimistic about that. Got, Justice Winslow can take a big step forward. Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, who those, both those guys have potential. People like Josh Richardson a lot. Um, yeah. Justice Winslow, I think, is kind of done with the growing, personally. Maybe I'm wrong, but I sort of think he... Even Michael K. Grove, He's Go 22. Chris, are just pals at this He's point. He's 22. Yeah. Why is he done with the growing? He's done. Explain your reason. He just hasn't shown any... Um, it's been three years, and he hasn't shown any growth at all offensively in three years. So Is that accurate? Are you sure about that? No. Okay. I'm sort of just saying that. But it, my, that's my impression of him. <laughs> Let's take a look at some numbers. Well, he averaged eight points a game last year and five and a half rebounds and two assists. Yeah, that's not great. It's not great for... A guy, even at 21, who's been in the league for a while and starts and gets to play, and the team could really use him to be good. It isn't like they're you know, ignoring him. You know? They're like, please, please get better. They also have on this team Kelly Olenek, Dwayne Wade, and Deion Waiters. I mean, Kelly Olenek is actually a nice player. Yeah, for Deion sure. Waiters has his moments. He does. Apparently, he are trying to get rid of him. Okay. That's, that's the scuttlebutt. And Wayne um, Ellington we didn't mention, who's a nice player. Who's piece. okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, Olenek can be a starter oh, on, Bam a, on a bio. He, yes. a, he was good. He is actually good. He's good. Um, they still have Udonis Haslam. He just wears a suit on the wait, sideline, though, say, right? Oh, yeah. Bam, Udon- yeah, Udonis Haslam is no one to take seriously. Like, I'd rather... That guy... That, the only thing that guy's going to beat someone else at is, like, checkers. 
And that's if you're not paying attention. He's not very good at checkers. But if you're not paying attention, he can beat you. Yeah, yeah. Because he cheats. If you're asleep, maybe. Yeah, or just looking away, watching, you know, watching something. So, th- so this one's very hard. There's a, actually they don't have a number on Pinnacle. I think because of the Jimmy Butler situation, we found the number yeah, elsewhere. That's right. That's right. This is the West Westfield, not Westfield West. Oh, uh, Westgate. Yes, thank you. Westgate number. Yeah. So forty three and a half. I have no idea what to do with it because it's so contingent on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, I think no one should bet this line, or unless you feel like Jimmy. Butler, if you feel like Jimmy Butler's coming, I guess you should bet. You should take the over. If you feel like he isn't, you should take the under. I yeah, mean. that's basically it. Yeah, I think he's probably going to end up as a member of the Heat, so I would take the over because of that. Okay, but that's the only reason. I'm just not going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to pick. <laughs> okay, because I don't. I it, I don't know how I feel about whether or not he's going to be on the Heat, but I do think that is the determining factor. Yeah, I mean the only other place it looks like he might end up is the Clippers, and they have to trade Tobias Harris and some other stuff. Apparently, the Heat, uh, the the T Wolves prefer the Josh Richardson package, but they want more, and everyone's yelling at each other. And there's whatever. some story on the Ringer about the Rockets going after him. Yeah, there was talk for a little while that the Rockets might just try and get him, but that is dead. Okay, which would have been incredible if you add him to the Rockets. Well, that's good for the Rockets because what is dead may never die. Nice. Yeah. Nice GOT reference. Thanks. Bro. Sure. Oh, you want to talk about another bad team? Uh, only if they're from Florida. They are. Oh, good. Orlando Magic. Wow. They have Mo Bamba, which is a sweet name. I feel like the Magic every year take a guy who I personally, in the draft, who I am really excited about and I think is going to be like a great player. And that guy never really works out super well. Aaron Gordon, who's getting better. Aaron Gordon is only 23 and he could still become a great player. He had player. a pretty good year last year. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac is very young. Yeah. No, I understand. Mo Bamba. By the way, Mo, very young. He's 21, but yeah. very young. Mo Bamba. I just always expect their guys are going to be like a little bit better than they are. I expect them to come in a little more fully formed than they do. They're always a little inchoate. They got a bit of an say. awkward center situation because they have Mo Bamba, but they also have Nikola Vujicic, who's been their center for many years, is only 27, and is he's an old-school center. He's, he doesn't fit the modern NBA, but he's good at what he does. I mean, I think as soon as Mo Bamba's ready at all, Mo Bamba's getting those minutes because why he can, not? Because he can play defense. Vujicic basically can't play defense. Well, because who cares? Vu, Vu, you're not going to build a championship team around Vujicic, right? Yeah. But Mo Bamba, if he like, works out and Isaac works out and Gordon works out even more, maybe you've got a great team there. You know? Maybe. You, you, can make, you can make it up at least. So you just have to be investing in Bamba at this point and not in uh, Vu, Vujicic, I would think. Because that old school center thing just doesn't work right now. Maybe it'll work again at some point, but right now, that's not how it works. This team's also got Evan Fournier and Jonathan Simmons, who are yeah. reasonable pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Simmons is pretty good. Fournier is a good scorer. Yep. And then they have Terrence Ross, who you know has had moments in his career. He's perfectly fine. They have T- guys who I've never heard of. So Jarrell awesome. Martin. I've heard of Jarrell Martin. Yeah, sure. Me too. They have Timothy Mozgov. Just another center. Who's going to start between those three? <laughs> Mozgov's in the running. He's in the running for sure. God, the Lakers gave him 16 million a year, like at the stroke of midnight in 2016. DJ what, Augustine, what he's, he's on this team. He's somehow still in the league. I just feel like he's the continuation of Maurice Cheeks. Like basically, there was like a body swap. Like Maurice Cheeks retired and gave his body to, or gave his his soul to DJ Augustine's body, and DJ Augustine is the continuation of Maurice he, Cheeks. He sure didn't give DJ Augustine his talent or ability. Maurice Cheeks was never good. What are you talking Maurice about? Maurice Cheeks is like a Hall of Famer. Maurice Cheeks was Oh, fantastic. I'm not thinking of Maurice Cheeks. That is not who I'm thinking of. Okay. Damn it. Good. It's the guy who played on Michigan State with Delonte West that I'm thinking of. The point guard when Delonte West was the shooting guard. Mm-hmm. He was like a little guy. 
But yes, it wasn't Maurice Cheeks. Okay, good. Yeah. Some other guy. Great. I sort of know who you're talking about, but I can't remember who it is. Yeah, it's hurting me now that I can't think of it. Okay. So what's the number on Orlando? 31. I feel like the over is pretty good here. So bad. I want to take the under. I mean, Aaron Gordon? Yeah. Aaron Gordon's like the one piece which is actually reasonable on the whole team. Jonathan Isaac could take a big step forward. Sure. I mean, Bama could come in and be good. Jonathan Simmons is all right. I'm taking the under, man. I'll take the over. Okay. We disagree. I think that might be our first disagreement. Today, right? Yeah. yeah. It's about time. And finally, we go to the Northern Washington Wizards. Yeah, from the north. Um, <laughs> all right. First of all, we got to talk about Lavoie Allen. I'm kidding. I mean, I remember when Lavoie Allen was on the Indiana Pacers, and I was like, this kid is good. He has moments. Yeah, but okay. Let's not talk about him anymore. They that have, was it. They have Dwight Howard now. It's Ooh. weird. He just got sent back home for um, some shots because he's having some back issues. So Oh, that's not good. We'll see what that means. But Dwight Howard still puts up numbers, man. It's easy to shit on Dwight Howard, but he's okay. This team is all about the backcourt, though. It's yeah. all about John Wall and Bradley Beal. Probably the third best backcourt in the NBA. You, so just to be clear, you're saying number one is Golden State. Yeah. Number two is Houston. Oh, Houston. I wasn't thinking of that as a backcourt, but yeah, okay, fourth best. And then number three. Portland. Portland. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. I guess I guess I like Wall and Beal over Kyrie and Jalen Brown right now. Yeah, you got to right yeah. now. Yeah. Beal's Beal's better than Brown. Yeah. And Wall's close to Kyrie. So yeah. okay. By the end of the year that may be different, but fair enough. So like fourth best, sure. Yeah, so it's a good backcourt, and then they have Otto Porter, Porter Jr. at the three, who's, who's nice, serviceable three. Yeah, perfectly nice piece. Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. He's only 22. and Anger issues, man. Anger issues, but he shows a lot of upside. Eh, does he? He does. Dwight Howard is a big question mark here. But he's going to rebound. Assuming he plays, he's going to rebound. He's yeah. going to score 12 points a game. He's going to block a few shots, play okay defense, and be reasonable. Thomas Sadoransky played well off the bench for them last did year. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, Austin Rivers is now on this team. There's your backup point guard. Yeah, Austin Rivers. Congrats. Enjoy that there, Washington. Markeith Jeff Morris. Green. Jeff Mark- Green's on the team. Markeith Morris is pretty good. But he's like just like Marcus Morris. Yeah. They're basically the same player. There was a while when Markeith was the good Morris, but man, now they're just the same player. It's weird. This team is basically like the Blazers East, right? They've got like an exciting backcourt and everything else is kind of like, eh. Yeah. I think with worse coaching. Yeah. And like worse like chemistry. Blazers have pretty good chemistry. But at least they get to be, oh yeah, Wall and Beal apparently hate each other. Wall hates everybody, I think. Um, The rest of the team really doesn't like playing with Wall. They play better when when he was hurt last year than when he was playing or almost as good. And they... Constantly, Gortat was saying things like, oh, it's so great the way we're sharing the ball. He kept saying all these things to the point where a lot of people believe the reason why Gortat got traded is because Wall basically demanded that they get rid of him because he didn't like Gortat saying all that stuff in the media and basically saying, we don't need John Wall. So, I don't know, man. Wall also does things where, like, they took... I saw him recently where they took some picture of him and he didn't look... He always looks a little rough. And so they said, like, hey, man, are you, like, getting a lot of sleep? Are you partying or what? And he's like... It doesn't matter what I do, man. I can party all I want. It's my life. I can do it. You know, and he was sort of saying it to the press. So it's just like, no, yeah, I think I've weird heard, thing to say. I've heard that he's a big time partier. Yeah. And, which, and, and Beal's like super straight edge and right. they really don't get along. Sort of like you and me. Like I'm the straight edge guy. You're the big time partier. I don't really party. I just happen to, you know, indulge in things. Yeah. Once in a while. But also, I'm the straight edge. And I'm the better player. I'm John Wall. Uh, 
but you're the guy who like brings everybody down, right? Like everyone thinks you have maybe you have more seemingly individual skills, but like when you put it in the you know, the hole is never greater than the sum of its parts with you, but it is with me. I'm Bradley Beal. <laughs> anyway, um, if you want to be Bradley Beal, I'll be John Wall. It's fine. Okay, that's the analogy you want to do. Fantastic. So, what's the number on this team again? Forty-four. Jesus, forty-four. I guess this team always is pretty good, though. Yeah, I mean, John Wall was an MVP candidate two years ago. Right. He was very, very good. He had a down year. Yeah. But he he, he has the ability to be a top five point guard in the league. He does. I mean, him and Kyrie are close to each other for yeah. sure. Um, Dwight Howard, if he's healthy, is at least a reasonable center. It's not a downgrade from Gortado. No, he's a good rebounder great. and defender. Yeah, he's fine. He, you know, block, you know, protects the paint and all that kind of stuff. He can still do those things. Otto Porter is a nice piece. Ugh, 44. I mean, to me, this is the, <laughs> to me, it's like, well, if Jimmy Butler gets traded to, in the Eastern Conference, I'll take the under. And if he gets traded to the Western Conference, I'll take the over. It's the, you know, like if, if Butler's in Miami, that means Miami's going to win a few more games. That means Washington may lose a few more games. I don't know. I think it all falls apart this year. I take the under. I'll take the over. I don't know, man. I don't know what to do with it. Super hard. This stuff is hard. Yeah. The overrunners are hard. I'm taking the under. Okay. All right. So to review that conference, <clears throat> the final conference, or division, excuse me, Southeast Division, Atlanta at 24, we still both take the under, even though the, the number <laughs> is 24. Good for us. That's brave. Out of 82. Brave men. Charlotte at 35. We both took the over, right? Or maybe we, we were divided on that one? Um, uh, I took the over and you took the under. I don't even remember. <laughs> I think I took the over and you took the under, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that tells you something. We don't even know because Charlotte's so boring. It's so unmemorable. Miami, I didn't really want to do because of the Jimmy Butler thing. You assume Jimmy Butler is going there and are taking the over. Yeah, I decided he's going there. Orlando, we both took the under. No, I took the over and you took the under. Yep. Now I know what happened. Tanking, baby. Tanking. There's too many teams. Yeah. Well, we did a lot. And Washington, I took the under, and you took the under, <laughs> right? <laughs> that just happened. Um, I think I took the over, okay, you but, I don't, but I don't know what I'm doing there. I should take the under, but I'm taking the over. Okay. Okay. So we did it. We're done. NBA over-unders are done. Ugh. It was, a, it was a grueling, grueling stretch, but we did well, it. Well, there is good news. Yeah. Frozen potato will arrive within one hour. <laughs> Fantastic. Is that Amazon or is that something else? No, it's else? frozenpotato.gov. Backslash. Backslash moneyfirepod.org. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's a dot gov. Yeah. So here's the thing. On February 19, 2015, the Phoenix Suns traded Isaiah Thomas to the Celtics. Sure did. And on February 19, 2015, the Phoenix Suns traded Goran Dragic to the Heat. Yep. And on February 19, 2015, they traded the Lakers' first rounder which ended up being the 10th overall pick, for Brandon Knight, who they then signed to a you know, five-year, $70 million deal. Okay. Uh, and then on July 2nd, 2015, they traded Marcus Morris. On July 1st, 2015, they signed Tyson Chandler to a huge deal in free agency. Um, they did that, of course, to try and get LaMarcus Aldridge, which did not work out. He then signed with the Spurs anyway. Uh, February 1st, 2016, they fired Jeff Hornacek and named Earl Watson their head coach. Um... They drafted in, 20, in uh, 2016 Dragon Bender, fourth overall, Marquise Chris, eighth overall. A lot of people would argue that has not worked out at all. Marquise Chris no longer on the team. Correct. Uh, on October 22nd, 2017, they fired Earl Watson. That was like six games into the season. 
On October 23rd, the next day, they, tra- oh, they, sorry, they sent Eric Bledsoe home because he, text- he tweeted out, I don't want to be here. And they since traded him. And he's still not good. And now, just, I think, believe two or three days ago, they fired Ryan McDonough, their GM. Yep. Eight days before the season started. Now, this team has really seen its share of bad moves and bad things happening to them. They accidentally drafted Devin Booker, at least. They did. That's the one good thing Ryan McDonough did, actually, in his entire, his entire thing that you can really point to and say, that was great. Um, since 2010-11, since that season, so the last eight seasons, they've had one winning season. They've not won more than 24 games the last three years. Fix the Phoenix Suns, Grant. Oi. It's not doable. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do I mean, I think to they bring joy back to Phoenix? They did have the number one overall pick this year and took DeAndre Ayton. They might have just fixed it by firing the GM. They also traded for um, Miles Bridges. Yeah, one of the Bridges. Yeah, not, I don't think it's... Maybe it's maybe, no, it's Mikhail. Mikhail Bridges. Bridges. My, which is Michael, right? Um, Mikhail, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Bridges, the 10th t- overall pick was Philly. So they did those things. So they fired the GM, though, yeah. So... No, I think, think they, they why did they it. fire the GM a week before the season though? Doesn't that point to maybe some bigger, more systemic problems than just the GM? Why wouldn't you have fired him earlier? Like say before you had the number before you he got to pick the number one overall guy when Luka Doncic is in the draft. Wouldn't you want it's your new Doncic, guy? Doncic, bro. Doncic. Wouldn't you want your new guy making that choice, not the old guy? Yeah. That would seem to be an important decision. All right. Um, I, I think I have some ideas on okay. how to fix the Phoenix Suns. What what can we do? As we know, Phoenix is the hottest major city in the U.S. Yeah. It gets to 120 degrees regularly. Regularly. In the summer. Everyone knows this. I mean, now you do, if you're listening. I mean, we, we travel to Vegas every year for poker, and it's horrific. And yeah. you look at the temperature in Phoenix, it's always like six degrees hotter in Phoenix than it is in Vegas. And I'm like, how does anybody even fathom being there? I can't even believe I'm in this shithole. There's a worse shithole? That's incredible. So, I'm not saying Phoenix is a shithole as a city. I mean, you did. I'm saying the climate is a shithole climate. You also call Vegas a shithole. Vegas is a shithole. Okay. Yeah. Just, just making sure. Vegas, complete shithole. I do not apologize for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, I've never been to Phoenix, just to the airport. So, I think it's possible that not only the players are affected by this, but also the brains of those mm. who are in charge of what's going on. And you might say... Well, I guess the fix would be to move Phoenix to Canada right, or something like that. Vancouver, man. They used to have a team. Seattle. Sure. Yeah. Seattle needs a team. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But you know what? What? The Phoenix fans, they wouldn't like that. And the Phoenix ownership, they're loyal to their fans. Yeah. The fans have suffered for, as I just detailed, a long time. Many, so what's, what's Phoenix famous for? It's famous for heat. Yep. And it's famous for development. They're always... Building. It's a sprawling city. <laughs> this is known. It is known. It is known. It's Phoenix sprawls. Yeah. It's like L.A. Junior. You know, just keep on going. I'm pretty sure that's its nickname. L.A. Junior. Like, keep, keep building into that desert. The slightly smaller apple. So although it may be hot, there is a lot of incentive for, for really good construction companies and contractors to be out there to, to get all this type of work. So they have some top guys and, and women out there and all, all types. Yeah. And... They want to stay in Phoenix, so I think the solution is quite simple. You take the entire arena, and you mm-hmm. take all of the offices that the people work in, yeah, 
and you build an underground layer that's cooled by a series of uh, fake rivers, kind of fake the, rivers. Yeah, kind of like a swamp cooler uh-huh. cools a house, you know. Yeah, and that, and then the players and the GMs. Once you're drafted, you're a bog person. You go down there, and uh, everything works a little bit better. <laughs> so, all right. So this does bring to mind a few questions, such as explain um, how could you have a question? <laughs> so now that the players are bog people. Yeah. Does that mean they have to stay in the lair for, for the rest of their natural well, that lives? Would, no, no, not their natural lives, just for the remainder of their contract. It will be okay. written into their contract that they have to stay in the lair. There will be uh, a very well air-conditioned helicopter that can like land on top, go underground, take them up, take them to like, an airport that's not in Phoenix, and they can fly to visiting cities Okay, because uh, they have to go there. Now, when they're in visiting cities, do they also have to live underground there as well because they're bog people now? Well, there is a slight drawback to the bog person thing is that your vision starts to go a little bit. You kind of start, you can see at night, but during the day, you're kind of like, ah, my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So there has to be kind of an agreement with the NBA that um, the arenas operate on like red light only when the Phoenix team (laughs) is playing there. Well, wait, wait, wait. But what about in Phoenix when they play? Is it red light then too? No, because that's in the in the bog. The stadium's in the bog, underground bog. But you I mean there's like <laughs> mist and stuff? Like there's a little saying? bit of mist. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, but they're using full on normal lights underground. Um, well, but indoors they're not allowed to use no, full on normal not, lights. There's not full on normal lights. They have like a little pencil hole to to the surface that mm. shines down on center court. <laughs> that's that's the plan. Yeah. Okay, I'm worried is, about the, bo- uh, bog- the structural integrity of the lair when you say that. The but. bog team fix. I've been waiting for the bog team <laughs> fix for years. Yeah. So the ownership and the GM and everyone has to live under there? Yeah, and ultimately, in the end, they might end up with a huge this huge home court advantage because they can see and nobody else can. Mm. Also, they'll start to develop some scales, which will be good for if there is a fight that breaks out. Yeah. And also, a bit, uh, they'll be a bit slimy, which is good for you know when you're posting somebody up, they can't really... Get a get a hold of you. You can do a nice spin move. Scales would be good for the end one situations too. I would think. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's cool. Um, could now could opposing teams not just wear like goggles that help them to see better? Oh, they can try to artificially create the situation that the Phoenix Bog people have, but we all know <laughs> that evolution wins in the end. <laughs> Okay, are they going to be changing their name? Because the Phoenix Sun seems like a really strange name for no, this it's, team. No, they're going to keep it because it's just, you know, somewhat ironic. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Sort of like the LA Lakers. Yeah. Which is not an ironic name. No, it's just a, it's because they used to be in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, there are no ironic sports names, at least in the, at the professional level. I'm sad to say. Are you sure you've done a survey? I have not done a survey, but I will say this. Um... I got into a conversation with some friends recently about professional sports teams' names, and I, I came to realize that most of the sports teams' names actually have a reason for their name, like the Chicago Bears, for example. What's the reason for that? Well, the Chicago basketball team is the Bulls. The yeah. Chicago football team is the Bears, and that's, where, the, that's where, where one of the major stock exchanges is, right? Oh, right. So well, the, the, Bears Bulls the Bulls came, Bulls came after the Bears. The Bears... Okay, but yeah. I'm saying, like, like, that's what's going on there. And as a, like, not all, but almost every... Uh, what Almost the, every what about the Cubs then, just because they they're are, like baby the baby bears, but they became before the bears. Oh, did they really? Yeah. 
then I, I don't have a good baseball started before football. Man. I have no answer for the Cubs. I have to look that one up. But if you look, and it isn't true for every single team, but almost all the teams, there actually is a really good reason why they're named what they are, which is just sort of fascinating to like. All right, why are, why are the Celtics not the Celtics then? Nate, tell me that. Um, I don't know. They're that. trying to be offensive to a tribal people. That's what they're trying to do. I mean, I would guess that they were, you know, some some people just saw saw it and pronounced it incorrectly, and it, it stuck. That's my best guess. That's all I got. Okay. But anyway. Charlotte Hornets. There's a lot of Hornets. Well, they, they didn't. Oh, no. They did start as the Hornets, and then they, then they changed, and they went back. Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing on the Hornets. Like, and Pelicans, there isn't anything. Like, the newer stuff, it isn't as, it isn't as obvious. Although There's Miami probably Heat. Pelicans in the Bayou. That's probably Oh, why. maybe. Maybe yeah. there is, actually, yeah. Like, the Miami Heat is obvious. And, yeah. like, the Orlando Magic makes sense because it's Disney yeah. is there. And, like, it, just if you let yourself look, like, most of them do make sense, which is just cool, you know? Yeah. That's all. That's all. We, we can get that. Pacers is about car racing, right? I guess. I never thought about the Pacers, actually. That's a good one to wonder about. That must be car racing. You would think it would be car racing. I don't know about the New Jersey Nets probably isn't anything. It's just that there's Nets in basketball. I think. Yeah, right. But that could be any team then, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be New Jersey. Um, and it's Brooklyn now. Yes. But they were originally the New Jersey Nets. Seattle is, Supersonics. What was that about? Um, I believe because supersonic planes would, would fly, it would take off from Seattle. Oh, okay. I believe that's where the Concorde would, would, would take off from. I could be wrong on that, but I think I'm right because that's where you do like that's how you do the transatlantic stuff, you know, to China and stuff like that. You go I know that you way. could take the Concorde from New York to London. Yep, you could do that too. Yeah, uh, don't don't ride the Concorde. No, it blows up. Also, tiny, and very small. Yeah, good. Anyway, I knew a guy once who I really didn't like who uh, who rode the Concorde once, and he brought it up. I worked with him for seven years. He brought it up several times a year. <laughs> cool. And it was never impressive. Not once. That guy sucked. All right. Uh, shall we uh, move into our... Are we going on to best bets here? Is that yeah. what's left? All right. The final section. Final section. Very exciting. All right. So we have some best bets. Now, you guys should be very interested because our best bets went 3-0 and last week. And we are now up for the week, for, this, for the season, excuse me, which proves that we know what we're talking about. Right? I agree. Thank you. Can't say otherwise. It'd be impossible to say otherwise and be accurate. So good. So let's get into it. You want to start? Sure. All right. Um, I didn't get who the home team is, which is important. Um, yes. I think Arizona is traveling to Minnesota. I think that's correct. Well, what's the number? We should be able to tell you. Minus 10 and a half for the Vikings. Oh, it's sure, surely it's in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. So I like the Vikings minus 10 and a half. Really? How come? It's the anti-belly thing um, because Arizona just won. And it's a more, more anti-public than anti-belly. Uh, Arizona just won. The Vikings have not looked good, and they're still getting this massive line against Arizona. Hmm. I don't know if I would say that that's... I don't, I don't know if I agree that that's a huge anti-public play and that, like, Arizona is seen as, ter- as awful. Minnesota is seen as... Minnesota, like, pl- is looking a little bit better Is Minnesota anyway. really seen as good at all? I mean, can you consider them good? They're not. I mean, I think of them as still being pretty good. Maybe I'm crazy, though. I mean, they did get blown up by Buffalo, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and they've struggled all season. Yeah. You're right. Maybe you're right. Um, hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you don't love that one. That's I'm not okay. in love with it. All right. Here's my next one. Yeah. The Chicago Bears are traveling to Miami. I like the under Ooh. on a relatively low total scoring line of 43. 
that is relatively low for these days because the NFL these days it used to be like forty one was a normal was a, or forty three I guess was a normal number but uh, I think so far this season NFL teams are averaging forty eight points scored per game. My reason for liking the under yeah. is first of all I I do think like generally if you're gonna bet either the under or the over over time on everything without looking you're better off betting the under. Yes, I agree with that. Um, Chicago just came off scoring forty eight points. Offense exploding. Oh, right. So I feel like that's kind of anti-public to, to go the under, especially when the number is pretty low. Miami's offense is kind of garbage. Yep. Chicago's defense is incredible. Yeah. And I don't I think like Chicago's that. offense is nearly as good as it looked when Trubisky threw six, six touchdown passes. Okay. I like that one a lot. That one I like much more than the, cool. than the other one. That, that makes more sense. To I me. got two more. Okay. Let's hear them. I like Tampa Bay plus three and a half at Atlanta. Okay, let's hear why. I feel as though... I actually don't know why I like that one anymore. Okay. When I think about it, you know what? Fuck that one. Great. I don't like that one anymore. Cool. I do like the Chiefs plus three and a half at New England. How come? Do you have the opposite side of that? I have the opposite side of both of the last two you said. Really? My two best bets are Atlanta minus three and a half, New England minus three and a half. But go on. So I'm glad you abandoned the Tampa Bay game anyway. Let's yeah, hear, let's I have see. abandoned the Tampa what's, Bay what's game. What's your reasoning on this one? I don't think anything can slow the Chiefs down. I don't think New England's defense is very good. I know this is public sentiment. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. But I think in this case, it's going to be right. I think three and a half is a pretty generous line, considering that I think the majority of the time, the Chiefs are just going to blow them out. I really do think Really? That. Yeah. So then you should... I mean, if you really think the Chiefs are going to blow them out, you should probably take the money line. Yeah. Right? I will. Because... I will, yeah. Uh, Huh. Interesting. Um, I don't know who's going to win the game. I guess, I guess I'm saying I like New England minus three and a half, so I guess I think New England's going to win the game. Uh, I think Casey has been sort of slowed down a bit the last two weeks. Um, they haven't been there. Like, their first three weeks, they were like a house of fire. And now they're, you know, solid. They're good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they haven't been blowing teams out. I mean, they did, they did totally blow out Jacksonville. I mean, they I could have scored that. more points if they wanted yeah, 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 to. Yeah, no, I'm wrong. You're right. Jackson, Jacksonville's not a good example. They just, it was just the Denver game where they yeah. like, were okay. in a close game the whole time and ended up scoring 27 points. And also, Jacksonville's got a great defense. Yeah. And they did, they did well against it. I think New England, though, is going to do well in this game because KC's defense is bad. And New England is the kind of team that can absolutely take advantage of that. New England finally has all their weapons. Josh Gordon is, this will be week three of the Josh Gordon thing. Edelman's back. Gronk is still playing and hanging in there, at least health-wise. Yeah. Um, Sony Michelle is showing up. James White is getting, like, like Brady complained after, I, th- I think, week three that they have to get the ball to their playmakers, and now it feels like that's all they're doing. Is, and so they put up 38 points each of the last two weeks, and I don't see the train stopping for them. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I do too. And uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks that, right? It's not, not, not surprising, but... Um, but I think Newland minus three and a half is is the closer to the anti public play, um, and also I just I don't know I mean I'm a Patriots fan so it's possible yeah. that that plays into a little bit but I I like the play I like the play I actually really like Atlanta minus three and a half against Tampa Bay too. Okay, why really? do you, why do you really like that? Um, I like it because first of all Atlanta's one and four, but as we were talking about before, they are a good one and four. Yeah, like they really don't have to be one and four. They lost at least one heartbreaking, like at last play of the game kind of thing. And they're clearly like their offense is good. Like you their know, defense is clearly not good. Their defense is not good. Tampa Bay. I mean, what do they have? They have, they're, they're two and two. And I think it's a very misleading two and two, right? They're two and two with Fitzpatrick. Who's not going to play playing out of his mind. 
And that's it. Yeah. Right? So Winston, who looked awful. Now, maybe he'll look great, but he looked awful. I don't know. They're at Atlanta. Atlanta's basically, you know, if you, if you take away home field advantage, they were saying Atlanta's half a point better than Tampa Bay. I don't believe that. I think they are better than half a point better. So I like Atlanta. Those are reasonable points. Cool. But do you have other bets? Nope. That's it? Yep. I don't know if I love any of yours, but that one is more convincing to me than the Chiefs one. Mm -hmm. I will probably just not bet the Chiefs-New England one if we're on opposite sides of that one. Yeah, we could bet it with each other. Yeah, but let's do it for the sake of the show. Oh, yeah, for the sake of the show. At least one bet. So it seems like the thing we're most on together is the Chicago-Miami under 43. Yeah, I'm down with that one for sure. Okay. And... I guess maybe that's our only bet this week. Yeah, can't, I can't talk you in Atlanta minus three and a half against Tampa, huh? Yeah, maybe you can. Atlanta's at home. That's pretty sweet. Tampa, I think, is possibly overrated right now because their record makes them look better than they are. Atlanta's record is worse than it probably should be. They're better than a one and four team, I believe. Those are my reasons. That's the best I got. Yeah. All right. I I I could go for that. That's fine. We don't, you don't have to pull the trigger if you don't want. Let's I'll, do it. Probably, okay. Two was, bets I, is better than one. I was going to say, I was going to bet it if you didn't. Like, I'm going to bet it personally if Let's you don't, do don't want to bet it. Let's do it. Team, Atlanta okay. minus three and a half. Atlanta minus three and a half. And I'm just going to write these down right here. Yeah, so, so you don't do the wrong ones. Get screwed up again. Atlanta minus three and a half and Chicago under. Okay. It's written down. It's in the book. We did it. Sorry, New England versus Kansas City. I didn't really think you were going to go with that. I didn't know you were going to pick the other side, but I didn't think you were going to go with that. But I was like, that's I'm my I'm glad under. you like my under. That's a fun one. I do like your under. I think it's, I like your reasoning for it, too. Cool. All right, finally, Survivor time. Oh, I forgot about this. Survivor! Yeah. You know, it's the eye of the tiger, man. Um, you know, I said that, right? Yeah. Because they sing. Because of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They <laughs> sing. Okay, so here we go. Here's your, here's your possible teams to consider taking in Survivor this time around. Now, I don't know who you did not didn't take before, guys who are listening. Um, but So we're just going to give you the best bets, the, yeah. best, the best guys you're even choosing from. There's, there's four teams you could really consider. The Houston Texans. I know. But the Houston Texans, who are a 2-3, two and, three, and 2-3 and three by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins, they could easily be, they could be way worse. Yeah. <laughs> but they're hosting Buffalo. Okay. They're nine and a half point favorites. Two and two and three Buffalo. Yep. You don't have to win by nine and a half. You just got to win the game. I know. So I like that. Um, you got the uh, LA Rams going to Denver. So it's a road game, which isn't great. Yeah. They're seven point favorites. Also, they have a great schedule, right? You want to keep them if you can. Yeah, we'll take a look at that right now. They do. They have the best schedule. Them and the Patriots actually have the two best schedules left. Um, Minnesota hosts Arizona. They're ten and a half point favorites, as we were talking about before. Minnesota does not have a great schedule the rest of the way. Might be a good time to burn Minnesota because they're not as good as you thought. Yep. And the Packers are hosting San Francisco. Also, they're nine and a half point favorites. Um, Packers have got a better rest of season schedule than everyone but the Rams of those four teams, but not a great one either. The Rams have got like five-star general level, like rest of schedule. Like there's so many good spots for the Rams. Like we don't want to burn them if we don't have to. Um, now here's the thing. Uh, Yahoo players are sort of split between Minnesota, Green Bay, and Houston, and they're like heavy on all three of them. 29.5%, 28%, and 21%. Wow. So that's the reason to consider the Rams. Yeah. To come back to the Rams is like, well... I think it might be time to pull that, to pull that move. Yeah. I mean, what, we, what we're giving up by doing that is 
We're giving up week 10, which is that we host Seattle as the Rams, and we're nine-point favorites there. There will be a few other good spots, but that's the second-best spot. of the, the Chiefs are hosting Arizona also, which is going to be even better. You're also giving up, really, week 16 and 17, which often you don't even make it to in Survivor because yeah. your pool's got thousands of people, um, where you, they'd be at Arizona and hosting San Francisco. Um, so we could pull the trigger right now. We're on the road, which isn't great, but we have almost no one with us, maybe because people have already used the Rams a lot, but also because I think a lot of people like the bigger favorites. It's one of those spots where your EV goes up so much if like two of the three other favorites right. go down and, and you're on the team with what, like what percentage are on the Rams? 4%. That's great. Yes. That's that makes, really, really that makes me like that. And to give you a sense, like even though a team is like Minnesota is a 10 and a half point favorite, that just translates to like 81% victory chance. They still lose like 19% of the yeah. time, man. Um, give or take. So, like, that's pretty amazing if you can knock out 30% of your pool 19% of the time of what's left. Like, that's how you that's how you win these survivor pools. So I think the Rams is a very reasonable pick. And the thing is, if you're not taking the Rams, if you let's say you can't take the Rams, I think you should burn Houston. Because okay. when are yeah. you going to ever use Houston again? Like, yep. there's no Houston opportunities later. Um, but Green Bay, there's going to be. Like, Green Bay is uh, hosting Arizona in Week 13. They're going to be double-digit favorites then, for example. Minnesota at least hosts Detroit in week nine and they're a touchdown favorites and Miami in week 15, they're a touchdown favorites there. So I like the Rams and I like, if you're not going to play the Rams, I like burning uh, the Texans here and, and praying. Yeah. Ho- hopefully they'll be better than they've been. Yeah, they haven't been good. But they've been good enough to barely win the last two weeks, partially because of a Frank Reich mistake. Yep. Big mistake, which he still defends and so do all the Colts fans. What's, What's that? What, what is it? Yeah. Oh my God. Is it the... Yeah. <laughs> wow, Jonathan. Perfect timing. It that sounds really, like uh, the frozen potato finally got here. That really got here so quick, too. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Well, I guess we better go uh, use that frozen potato in many different ways. Because <laughs> that's, that's what you do. All right. All right.